0: Welcome to Morph Club, episode eight. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. We just read book eight, The Stranger. Is it? I think book eight is The Alien. I I just
1: realized.
0: Open my notes to the wrong book. (laughs) Um.
1: Oh man, we we also said I also said The Stranger like twice on our our (laughs) podcast.
0: Book eight, The Alien. trouble lately
1: we've had some time travel time trouble it's just been a whole mess but a fun mess yeah i mean
0: it was like these it's not we didn't get confused in a way that ruined our enjoyment of the books we just had our own um behind the scenes confusion um so the alien is an axe book finally
1: yes i'm so glad i'm so glad that we got to have this perfect peek into their precious son's mind i'm so happy with him
0: I, I, like, I can't believe that, like, because I was reading about, like, on the Wikipedia why they they switch off between Axe and Tobias. I can't believe that they thought kids wouldn't want to read about an alien.
1: I know. It's <laughs> absurd. He's this one of so I mean, fun. you know, I'm on record saying literally every, every single one of them is my favorite <laughs> at this point, but Axe is also my favorite. Uh, he's he's like... such a good narrator. His deadpan comes across as very funny and a different kind of humor than Marco's narration, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Because um, yeah. for, for Axe, it's coming from a very honest, like, actually confused about the world and actually learning out, about the world kind of place. Um, but for the reader, there's a lot of humor in there, yeah. along with these deep, deep pockets of tragedy and loneliness. Oh. Axe is an interesting mess of conflicts.
0: Yeah, like, like it's it's really cool, because, I mean, it's cool to have this book now, because it opens with him basically going through his point of view on the events of the first book. Right. Like, it starts with him before Alfanger's ship crashes um and it's cool to see what he was doing at the time like because the series started out it's so normal and now we get to see like the andalite perspective and axe's perspective but like i would have been on board with this immediately i don't know why they thought (laughs) like aliens are cool why wouldn't you start with that yeah and axe is a
1: charming he's he's usagi right in this intro chapter his flaws (laughs) are that he's clumsy and he loves to snack like he's very relatable
0: like i love that like before in the other books we were talking about how like axe is like oh like he's having trouble like he's adjusting to the human morph that's why he's so goofy and like with this book you get like no he was already like clumsy and like mm-hmm. he would say the wrong thing he would sort of like ch- in he's, his he's, mouth. Yeah. he's trying to prove himself he speaks out of he, like <laughs> he like like talked about in a like another andalite like within earshot of that or with that right. mind thought earshot like it's <laughs> just like this like he's so like endearing because he's like this is him as an Andalite. It's not that much different from him goofing around as a yeah. human. Like, that's who he is. He's uh, got a goofy heart. Goofy three hearts, I think. They have a yeah. lot of
1: hearts. I wasn't I quite definitely, clear on why.
0: I definitely was shocked when he was talking about morphing into a human, and he was like, two of my three hearts stop <laughs> like, I was like wait, 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 wait. Why? You need that. <laughs> mm-hmm. So, yeah, so it starts with Axe on the Andalite ship before it crashes. We see Axe. Mm-hmm. Like he's the youngest on the ship, he's the only cadet. He even I got says the impression he,
1: Yeah, I got oh, the like impression he was only allowed on at all because of his brother. I don't even yeah. know if they normally would take a cadet on a mission like this.
0: Yeah, like he was saying he wasn't allowed on the bridge until this like moment in the in the beginning. And then he was saying he was only there because of his brother. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um and it was just it was so cool because he's He's, like, I mean, it's, like, the thing that you want to have in books for kids where you need the character, like, Harry Potter, where he wasn't a wizard to begin with and you needed right. him to learn about wizard stuff. And Axe is, like, he is an Andalite, but he doesn't know about a lot of the Yurk stuff. He doesn't know about the fighting. So you get to see him sort of, like, going up on the bridge and being really excited to see everyone and seeing, like, space and seeing, like, how they're planning this, like, fight. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, the he's, beginning he's is like,
1: as excited about this giant, giant-scale space battle as, you know, as we were. Yeah. He's a good audience mirror and a good audience insert.
0: It's so cute cuz he's super excited to like have Alfanger telling him about stuff. And like as a reader, I was like, it's Alfanger again. Finally. <laughs>
1: it's Cool Prince. Cool Prince is back.
0: Yeah. Oh, he's he comes off so good in this book cuz like in the beginning, you definitely see a, like a more like not human, but like a more nuanced side of him because he's like trying to rein in his like wayward little brother. <laughs> he's like Axe, like don't run so fast, or like Axe, right. like stop acts, talking like, stop, so loud.
1: talking the captain right in front of him, please. You're embarrassing me. But old, also, I love you deeply. But please, the
0: uh, hoof and tail. Ho- ho- old
1: hoof and tail, which I thought was the name of that terrible cow disease. I yeah. had to go Googling it. I was wrong. That's hoof <laughs> and mouth, but Andalites <laughs> don't have mouths. So it's clearly not going to be an issue.
0: I love that, that old hoof and tail. Um, what was his name? <laughs> I don't remember Nerephir. his actual name. There you Nerephir, go. the like grizzled um, Andalite captain who's like the, who is, who is Elfanger's hero. Mm-hmm. Um, like I like that he he overhears Axe calling him that because Axe is like, do you think old Whoff and Tail will let me come down? Can you try to convince him? And then <laughs> <Elk> goes, <"Ch, laughs> like he's right there. But then I love that I love that the like the higher up is just like, <laughs> hmm, that's a pretty good nickname. <laughs> like he's just so cool that like that's like nothing to him. <laughs> he's like he right. he comes across cadets like this every day. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, little so babies like literally
1: running into him in the hallways yeah <laughs> yeah
0: like i think axe said he like ran into him and bruised his eye stalks or something <laughs> <laughs> which is that's quite a collision like what yeah what angle
1: do you have to hit to bruise the Does highest he, like, point them? on the top of a taller thing's body <laughs>
0: <Unclear>. <laughs> um but things are like really lighthearted in the beginning because like axe has never been to war like he's mm-hmm. trained um and he's mentally thinks he's ready but they haven't—they haven't been fighting yet, so he's just on the ship, like excited to go down to Earth, excited to see the fight, um, and that's when the Yurks unexpectedly attack. Yeah, I
1: was—I couldn't quite get a read on the purpose of the mission in the first place because even the the warriors on the bridge are super surprised to see a Yurk mothership like in orbit around Earth.
0: Yeah. So I don't I know was... if
1: this was just a recon or if they knew the Yurks were around but didn't realize what a substantial presence they had, and that's yeah. why the mothership was surprising.
0: Yeah, like I think. Maybe it's, like, something you're supposed to be, like, later on, once you know Alfanger has, like, a connection to Earth, it's Mm -hmm. supposed to be, like, maybe he wants to check it out. Oh, oh, that that hurts me. But there's not much of a reason given in book. You're just supposed to be, like, oh, they're near Earth, and Axe is sort of impressed because he's heard about Earth, but they didn't expect to go down and fight. They expected Mm -hmm. to, I guess, just...
1: Look at it, right, right. you <laughs> Just... know, admire it from afar. We learn later
0: that in Axe's
1: uh, Andalite school days, like they'd watched some Earth TV dramas and like listen to some <laughs> Earth music. So I'm no, sure we're... he had a little bit of a tourist uh expectation there.
0: Yeah, I like that. There's a couple times in the book that Axe kind of explains that he he went to school, but there are a lot of subjects that he didn't care about, so he didn't pay attention. <laughs> and there's even part where he's talking to Tobias, and he's like. I didn't pay attention to these classes because, like, I thought I would be a warrior, so it wouldn't like be helpful. I bet in Earth schools everyone pays attention, and, and Tobias so is like, uh, Tobias yeah, is like, yeah, totally. That's,
1: that's why I know all about like the War of eighteen twelve. And Ax <laughs> is like, oh, I'd love to hear about it someday. Yeah, and no. Tobias is no, no, that no. was that was Earth humor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I got nothing for you.
0: <laughs> um. So anyway, for so for reasons we don't know, they happen to be near Earth, um, in time to see the Yurks attack the Andalite ship, or. I think
1: yeah there's an exchange of so space battles this kind of interstellar battle as opposed to the one they watch in a movie later and Axe comments <laughs> on the unrealism of I loved it Me too um is done by um like the ships send out smaller squadron of fighters and the the fighters are mainly the thing that uh are maneuverable enough to actually make any kind of attack on the opposing force. Like, for the most part, the big dome ship does isn't supposed to be active in the battle, yeah. and neither is the Yurk mothership, because they're yeah. meant to be, like, a transport, like a troop carrier.
0: Yeah, um, yeah. And less
1: of a fighter. Um, so they both send out fighters, um, like, smaller fighters, and those yeah. smaller fighters are engaging each other. Um, and as they do, um, Axe is sent away from the bridge yeah. um, and back to the He's dome, to the because... Dome. Yeah, by Andalite Law, he's too much yeah. of a, a precious child to be that close yeah. to a battle. I yeah. Know. Poor baby.
0: And like poor Axe is like he really wants to fight, but off angers mm-hmm. his big brother and he like forces him onto the dome. And there's like a oh, really, they have a good really goodbye scene. Yeah, they have a really good moment. Because, like Axe has been kind of like he's not happy about it. He's kind of he's kind of the whiny little brother and he's like, Why are you yeah. making me go to my room? Um but then there's like a really sweet moment where they like touch tails and he's telling his brother to like kick some slug butt or something
1: yeah. <laughs> go burn some slugs yeah burn some slugs he uses i love like, that andalite love hugging it. is touching tail yeah. blades together there's a
0: lot of stuff with like tail yeah. blades that like it's so nice <laughs> it's so cute because like yeah. the tail blades mean so much to them so it's like if you trust someone enough to like touch tail blades or like later on in the book we find out like about a very very close friendship is someone who a shorm
1: is yeah, someone shorm. who you're
0: so close to that you could put your like they could put their tail blade to your neck and you wouldn't and you'd be, be afraid. Fine. Yeah, it's like, like it's someone so who has so the power sweet.
1: of life and death over you. Yeah, because um, like
0: they're and, such fragile aliens, except for that tail blade. So. Yeah,
1: yeah, no, they're, they're precious, precious anime deer, except for this <sighs> this monstrous weapon, which I think was like for stripping bark originally,
0: yeah, or maybe that was the forked
1: I always mix up our our alien I'm blade sure. purposes. Um, maybe
0: we'll find out.
1: But yeah, yeah the, the use of, like, <laughs> the way they incorporate the tailblades into all these aspects of their culture feels very much like a warrior, war-driven thing to do. It's really neat.
0: Yeah. So um, so he's in the dome ship, and they end up having to basically, like, the Yorks are attacking their main ship, so they have to cut off the dome ship um, from the rest of the ship. And that's why he was able to escape, basically. And he, like, basically watches the whole battle um, unfold from where he is in the dome yeah. ship. Yeah it's so it's so and sad. I know, i've like been the going way way back and forth it. on
1: like yeah no that was that was harsh as he gets to watch you know his not his brother at that point but all all of his peers and the people he looks up to kind of taken out one by one um and in the middle of this in the middle of watching this fighter exchange i know i keep saying like oh they must be they must be psychic i'm just <laughs> i'm giving up on equivocating about it all of these children <laughs> are low-key psychic they like they all have a degree of it because i was like a premonition or, like, a vision of evil approaching. Yeah. Um, so I, I can't be surprised about it anymore. I'm just going to embrace the full-on, like, yes, everyone yeah. And Animorphs has psychic powers. Um, because, obviously, this vision of evil is the blade ship, is yeah. Visser 3's blade ship joining the battle and coming straight for the dome.
0: Especially, like, in this book, I think Vister 3, if nothing else, Visser 3 definitely has some kind of weird, like, aura thing happening yeah so this is like the 50th time we've had a character who otherwise doesn't seem to have any kind of like weird extrasensory powers or whatever going like i felt something wrong <laughs> <laughs> and like there's stuff in this book about viscer three that's really interesting yeah because um, he's kind of this weird horrible amalgam of andalite and yerk that like is not like, the Yerks... Like, it's it's so interesting. <laughs> yeah, and they, they all call... What are they all? Um, the Abomination? Like, yeah. all of the Andalites have a specific
1: name for this one yeah. single solitary Yerk that's ever possessed an Andalite body. Yeah.
0: Um. So, so poor Axe watches... Like, he watches all the other Andalites die. He I think he's hoping Elfanger is still okay because I think he knows Elfanger went down. Um. But then his, his... The dome starts to fall and goes into the ocean, which is obviously where we find him a couple books ago um and then we're back to back to modern day <laughs> yes. after that like traumatic opening mm-hmm. and, and but we, we get brought back in uh with an excerpt from
1: axe's diary which i oh am God. so glad to have what I, a like, treat
0: there are excerpts of this diary at the beginning of every chapter, mm-hmm. and they're all they're all delightful.
1: <laughs> Wonderful! I just want to encourage you to go read them because yeah. I would otherwise quote every single one of them yeah. to you, and that feels like a little too much.
0: They're they're so good, like they're very good. Oh, the one thing we do learn before then is that um, Axe, ha- because he, um, oh, right. his brother was killed by Viser Three, he has to kill Viser Three as part of like their like honor code. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's like the the beginning of the book is like that's like something that's weighing on axe <laughs> it's like mm-hmm. oh okay nothing big he has to kill viscer three
1: <laughs> right <laughs> right not a big bad or anything just i mean he's three right yeah. like how dangerous can he be that's probably <laughs> fine he's Ooh. just the abomination oh you know but i'm sure there are other worse terms for yeah could be right? worse people maybe i, I think we've <laughs> met them yet but well, maybe we will so poor poor maybe <sighs> brother um,
0: so, yeah, his Earth jar is incredible. Yes. His Earth jar is incredible. The first entry, like, I don't want to go into every entry, but the first entry is just... Oh, but I kind
1: of do, too. So. Oh, I do.
0: <laughs> the first one, the first one in chapter one is that all humans walk on two legs. And he's really impressed by this. And that's, that's ridiculous, like, right? Like that's like the four the four sentence excerpt from his diary.
1: <laughs> like, his axe just took some time out of his day, probably to morph like a form that could yes. hold a pencil, so he could write in whatever like tiny <laughs> oh, book he stole baby. from Cassie's barn, just to write down these two legs like not working yeah, for me. I don't understand great. how they've made it work for this long.
0: Yeah, like it kind of explains early on that he's thinking about his time on Earth as like well, I'm never going to be the biggest hero because Elfanger is always going to be a bigger hero than me. There's no way I'm like, right. so I'm going to learn the most I can about humans while I'm here. And then maybe mm-hmm. that can be my thing. that will get people to yeah. be impressed by me because he's yeah, still he's like the... a baby. Like he just wants people he's to the... like him. Mm-hmm. Oh, he, I love that he talks
1: explicitly about that later in the book. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, he wants to be like the human, anth- the anthropologist. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I wonder when do you think he started writing this diary? Do you think it was like at the start of the book or after the events of this book took place?
0: I don't know. I, like, I kind of felt like he was mentally thinking about it, but there's definitely mm-hmm. a part in this book where he seems like he decides that he's going to really keep track of his thoughts on the humans. It's not just that he's going to wait it out with them. He's actually yeah. going to like learn to be like them.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, and I think be a lot an of, active participant in it. Yeah. yeah.
0: And a lot of his like narration in this book is sort of framed as if he's trying to explain... Like, like the way he talks about things is definitely like he's trying to think of it in terms of like if I was explaining it to an Andalite, like because I think some of it is he's confused by things, but there's some stuff where like he's talking about um, the the families that he's met. Like he's met Jake's family, he meets Cassie's family in this book, and the way he kind of talks about like human families, like like, I don't think they're that much different from Andalite, like from what we've seen of you and your brother. But I think like. His voice in the book is someone trying to explain as if he's, like, he's trying to have that, like, Jane Goodall, like, level of, like, I have learned these things about the humans. Let me tell you. It's (laughs) just, like, really cute.
1: (laughs) Yeah, and then the other, I like that that feels like a much more upbeat reading of it. um, (laughs) I had in my head the whole time, or I guess after finishing it, I looked back on the book with the lens of, like, This is him trying to justify himself to like a war crimes tribunal, like somewhere far, far down the line, which made it all take on like an extra awfully tragic layer on top of these carefully observed, like little notes on things like family (laughs) structure, on what humans do for fun, on like voice inflections.
0: I was really, like, I think I was looking at them as hopefully, like, in some like timeline where things work out okay, this would be a book that people would find helpful, in like, yeah. like, Andalites right. would be, when like, you go to Earth look at Axe like, book. <laughs> right, when you go to Earth to try out all
1: the cool morphs yeah. and hang out with your human friends, like, yeah. first make sure to read, like, Lonely Planet's Axe Guide. Yeah,
0: or if, like, nothing else, here's this relic from the fight that Earth oh, had, or, like, right. so, like, there's some way of of like andalites i guess to remembering like he, like i was just like i hope this actually is a thing that other people read because i think it's oh, interesting seeing axes like in fiction i want other people to know about axes opinions <laughs> Aw, <laughs>
1: that's the most meta textual <laughs> meta fan fiction idea yeah. i've heard in a while and you have to write it now i'm sorry
0: <laughs> oh that'll be my new my magnum opus <laughs> good <laughs> um so So we see he's he's still like he's pretty much used to Earth. He kind Mm -hmm. of talks about like animals he's seen. Um, And in the opening of the book, we find out that like the first adventure in the book is that Jake decides the animorphs need a break. Like he specifically (laughs) says, "We need a break." Good on you, Jake. (laughs) So they decide to take Axe to the movies. Um, and he can't stay for a full movie, but he can watch a bunch of it. Um, <laughs> he can, they, he can they, watch they,
1: like two thirds of it, maybe. So they,
0: and they take him to see a Star Trek movie. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Which is like, why would you uh, decide to make him see? I know. <laughs> but like I an love alien it. in
1: culture who has issues with like a prime directive, <laughs> like bringing technology to other places that they shouldn't have, like, <laughs> this is going to be fun. Buckle up, kids.
0: Yeah, like, it, it, it's sort of ridiculous, but I love it. And it's, like, mm-hmm. a little fanficy. but it's, like, it's so satisfying, especially since the last book was so, so depressing by the mm-hmm. end.
1: And by last book, you definitely knew mmm. Mm.
0: <laughs> yeah, we didn't. I mean, um, books seven.
1: <laughs> books seven and 7.5, we're just yeah. talking about them collectively and definitely not guessing
0: about the one yeah, in the middle. We definitely didn't get confused um, we
1: didn't we <laughs> didn't not read megamorphs is yes. what we're trying to say
0: um so so anyway I, so they go yes. to the movies
1: i Ax- really like that um there's we, you were just talking about ways mm-hmm. that axe is kind of presenting it to like an Andelite yeah. reader in the future in this book um, my favorite one from this early third is when i think it's the first time uh axe has finished morphing into human and is about to describe like we're getting ready to go um, and he says, "Okay, let's do this." Jake said, making sounds with his mouth to form words. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so thank you, yeah. Axe, for all of you who need to know. He right. like humans talk with sounds, right. not, not with from their mouth holes. It's just
1: ridiculous.
0: And I also like that there's a part where Axe explains that he sits down. <laughs> like, he explains <laughs> sitting down with two right.
1: legs. Right. And this um, is something he's mastered. Like, there are some <laughs> aspects of two-leg movement that he's not great at. Bipedal movement, I guess we call yeah. that. But there's sitting, he's got he down. This. Yeah. There's yeah. definitely,
0: like, another part where Axe, I think it's one of his other diary entries, where he mentions that humans walk on two legs. And it's, like, inefficient. <laughs> can't like.
1: stop talking about it. Yeah. It <laughs> he's also, like, stuck.
0: Bear. He's also definitely stuck on clothes. And yes. how he doesn't understand why there need to be different clothes for different things and he doesn't Mm -hmm. understand which ones he's supposed to be wearing at any Mm -hmm. given time and he's even like humans are not the only alien race to wear clothes but of course andalites don't wear clothes (laughs) like he's like (laughs) so obviously who cares like if andalites don't do it why bother (laughs) um so yes they go to the movies it's so nice and they they definitely mention something from megamorphs but otherwise it's as if that book didn't happen yeah um thankfully you
1: know now we're just in break zone we're in cool movie break
0: we're on, like, a little like a little filler episode for about a third of the book, and then mm-hmm. things get real. Um, so, yeah, so they go to the movies. Tobias calls him Axeman.
1: Yes. Just a nickname he has for him sometimes. They put um, him Rachel in, like, a preppy his outfit. outfit. <laughs> yeah. Which is, yep. They dress their son. They dress their son for his first day yes! of school. It's amazing.
0: <laughs> and they even, like, they even are like, we need to know which dressing room is... Like the best one, and Rachel's like, I know the best dressing room in the mall. If you go into, I think it was like Nordstrom or something. Nordstrom's. They're big dressing rooms. If you're in trouble, you can go change (laughs) in there. Oh, thank you,
1: Rachel.
0: So they go to the movie, and there's like a part during the movie where he's saying, like, some of the aliens on screen look like. And I think it's the Klingons, he says, like, and on Jack, on Jack. Chick I'm just gonna I'm just gonna let you wrestle with that one I'm not even <laughs> uh, gonna try um yeah so anyway so there's some kind of alien that he claims looks like another kind of alien that's real
1: <laughs> which <laughs> is like, a throwaway line yeah yeah
0: which which um, was like both bizarre but also I was like I love this I love yeah. this like like we already mentioned um galaxy quest before <laughs> but it's very yeah, the same quest. kind of yeah of like so, oh did
1: this did you mean to do this because yeah. this is actually something very true um I like that he um Initially, um, I think the gang, the Animorphs crew, the human Animorphs crew, has the impression that, like... Andalites don't have movies Mm -hmm. and like, oh, we're going to show him this exciting treat. But when they sit down to the movie, he's just like, why is your screen flat and 2D? (laughs) So I love that because without explicitly stating it, we get this sense that of course Andalites have movies like with our culture. That's all about like lifting up and recording and (laughs) celebrating these warrior deeds. And I'm sure like they've got a way to visually record them at this point, but they're probably like 3D holograms or VR (laughs) or something a little fancier than 2D flat screens. I
0: was like that that Axe doesn't understand like he just like loses track of the plot completely (laughs) and just like like the movie is not really that interesting to him, but what is interesting is crawling on the ground <laughs> eating trash. Okay, are you ready for the greatest snacks escapade we've had yes. to
1: date? Because this is a stellar, it's incredible for snacks. It's so good. It's incredible. So this is you know this is the biggest mistake the Anorphs have made to date possibly is they bring <laughs> popcorn into the movie with no. Axe and they offer Axe some popcorn. Ugh. So number one, Axe eats some popcorn. Yeah. In discussing flavors he likes, he also confirms that he definitely <laughs> ate some cigarette butts yeah. a couple yeah. weeks ago.
0: He definitely like refers to the popcorn. He's like, it tasted. They had a hint of that cigarette butts <laughs> <Yeah.
1: laughs> <laughs> Which I just miss
0: so much. I can't get yeah. any
1: good cigarette butts these days. Oh. <laughs> um, so after the popcorn, he then eats. Well, then he starts chanting the words grease and salt, <laughs> salt and grease, garissa and salt. Over and over again, because those are more of his favorite flavors.
0: Oh, he loves them.
1: After he (laughs) celebrates grease and salt, he moves on to the box that the popcorn was in. Marco tries to stop him, (laughs) but is not successful. And then, yeah, yeah, as he gets bored by this this fight.
0: I think Marco also has a box of what he doesn't say yet are raisinettes, but I think (laughs) Axe just refers to it as brown Brown
1: globules. globules.
0: (laughs) Which starts him off on... Starts him off chasing that, that taste. So he doesn't, he doesn't take them from Marco though. He
1: finds them on the ground under his seat when he gets bored of watching the movie. He gets down there, starts eating some trash popcorn, some sort of abandoned popcorn boxes, and then finds these, these manna from heaven, yeah, just these brown globules. Sure and that's, that just, is... that's the end of the game for Axe. Yeah.
0: He's what he says about chocolate. chocolate
1: what he says about chocolate which i feel more deeply than possibly anything else in these books so far <laughs> he gets his first bite of chocolate and he says i felt my life had changed i felt myself <laughs> lifted up out of the world of everyday senses to some new level and you know what? I'm so like, happy. I've been in places where yeah. I would have crawled under a movie seat to go find, like probably wrapped, probably not like out of a wrapper. Yeah. But like if I saw some good chocolate, I would yeah. be after it in a heartbeat. Like you'll,
0: you'll you'll do what needs to be done to get to that.
1: Yes, <laughs> I will make make those sacrifices sometimes, and sometimes they involve crawling around yeah. down past the aisle that Marco and Jake are in, <laughs> eating some Butterfingers off of the floor, yeah. some M and M's, like, yeah, yes,
0: some more and, like, trash. I like that he specifies that, um, thankfully they made the floor sticky so he didn't slide as he, like, like, as if this was, like, a perk to the movie theater that, like, oh, so when you're crawling oh, right. on the floor. It's a feature,
1: not a bug. You don't you're fall. <laughs> yeah. Um, so he's um, so just, like. He, he threatens, he, imagine this, you're a child, <laughs> you're maybe seven. imagine yeah, you're.
0: Five you're, or six.
1: Yeah. You're watching Star Trek. Like, great. I'm glad you're getting into some cool interests early. You've got a box of milk duds, maybe. <laughs> or raisin nuts maybe. Yeah. Some special chocolate treat that you're really yeah. excited about. Yeah. You hear some scuffling.
0: <laughs> from- you see a team boy pop up. Probably with some wild eyes at this point. Some wild eyes and like a popcorn box in yeah. his hair. I have to imagine his face is covered in chocolate. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Just... You know it is. Chocolate and grease and salt. Um, And this teen boy... <laughs> tries to like bargain with you. When I even bargain,
1: just <laughs> ask. He knows he has to be polite is what yeah. kills me. He's, he's telling you, the reader, like Prince Jake Tommy, I always have to be polite <laughs> in social contexts. Like, thank you, Axe. You're so yeah, I good. knew I could
0: not take them. Yeah. But I asked. <laughs> <laughs> So he asks his poor child for his candy. Um, and understandably, the child is not happy about it. No. So this is this is when, finally, Marco from, like, seven
1: rows away hears the kid scream, he's trying to take my candy, yeah. and immediately his axe radar goes off, and he knows what is up.
0: Their baby has gone, yeah. a, a, gone astray, and they Their need to collect
1: him. Slip the stroller in pursuit of some <laughs> sweet candy.
0: Yeah, so they have to leave. Uh, yeah. <laughs> they, have to leave
1: the movie. they they had to leave about ten minutes ago. Yeah. This is just disaster zone. They bodily drag Ax out. Yeah. I think,
0: and I think Tobias even like thought speaks at them. Like, is the movie that bad? <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, so man. so outside the movie theater, things get grim again after yes. that delightful adventure. Yeah, um, they see a human, um, basically like having some kind of fit and they like go over to see what's going on. And it's a controller whose yerk is dying mm-hmm. and the human is trying to like, basically trying to warn everyone about Yurks. But obviously if nobody knows about the Yurks, it just sounds like someone who's like in need of some Like help. having <laughs> an episode.
1: Yeah. 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 And, like need, needs more care than they're getting. Um. Yeah.
0: So, so, um, Jake and Axe and Marco are sort of unsure of what to do. And, um, they, are basically trying to figure out why now the Yerks are suddenly affected by the events of what in this book are stated as like book seven is supposed to have happened a couple weeks ago yeah, and they so, didn't notice too much of a difference, but suddenly now the Yerkes seem to be having major problems um, that they aren't sure why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And basically this, this former controller whose Yerk just dies in front of them um, gets like, like other existing controllers come, come in and sort of, I think they kill him. I think they aren't sure of what happens they they definitely kill him.
1: Axe knows what's up, but none of the other Animorphs do. And Jake, so all the other Animorphs are really celebrating. And Jake, I think in particular, is feeling vindictive and, like, really glad to see that someone is going to be free of a year. And they're all also kind of blowing it out of proportion. Mm -hmm. Like, oh, this is it. Like, this is it. People are going to know. They can't stop this. They can't stop people from realizing that something's going on. Um, And Axe, meanwhile, from his, like, slightly removed narration, is like, no, it's not. Like, They have methods in place to take care of this, and one yeah. of those methods is they have like a men in black um device,
0: it's like a metal cylinder that they that, hold to the neck, and that kills mm-hmm. them
1: and it, it kills a human um controller. And it also completely destroys like all evidence of the yerk, it, it yeah. seemed like was implied. It's like well, Yurk think, turns to dust
0: because I mean, when in, in the book with, with Jake and, and the yerk taking over him, I think the yerk. In that book crumbled away at Oh, the did end. it too? Did it just yeah, turn it into dust sworn. also? Yeah, I could have sworn. And that's why I, I was that. really confused in this book. There's multiple times when all of the human anamorphs are thinking like, like, finally, people will figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. they'll get that dying yerk and then they'll show everyone. I'm like, you saw a yerk come out of your ear and then crumble away. Like, I'm mm-hmm. 99% sure that happened. No, so,
1: I, I totally believe it. That feels like a weird, both like a, a weird alien thing and like, a, let's cut down a little bit on some of the terrible carnage yeah. that we're writing into these books, Strat.
0: Yeah. And so, so in this book, it's like that one of the major stumbling blocks is that Axe has more knowledge about how the yurk invasion process works because he's, mm-hmm. he's gone to school he knows about many many other like planets that have been taken over and destroyed so he kind of knows what the situation is but he he's not allowed to tell them like it's not even that he doesn't want to well he doesn't want to because he doesn't want them to know he has knowledge right. that he's not telling them but he's basically like it's a part of the andalite code is to not say certain things to other mm-hmm. um like aliens from other planets
1: um and he starts referring to at this point um Ciro's kindness which is this law that's going to come up throughout the book that he's not revealing to you the reader Um, quite what that is but you get the impression that it's like the first rule the first thing in the Adelaide Honor Code like that they learn is this is a law that we cannot break.
0: Yeah, Um, But it's like some of the things in this book that the Animorphs themselves didn't know were it was frustrating to me because I think it's I think it's partly that I'm reading this as both an adult and someone who's (laughs) read the books before (laughs) where I'm just like what do you think they're going to do if a controller is, right. like, if their Yurk dies? Like, you think they're going to let that person... Like, Yurks don't care about human life. They'll just kill that person. Like, it doesn't seem shocking to me, but I think I think as a child who hasn't read these books before, it might be more, um, like, possible that this would be a big moment for the Animorphs win, but right. oh, I do know. <laughs> right. No,
1: I, I also kind of got stuck up on that point, and I, I think had a hard time projecting myself back into like my nine year old brain and maybe maybe when you are younger and maybe even these teens fighting are at a point where they're I don't want to say naive. I want to say oh hopeful enough that like they're yeah. not quite thinking it all the way through and are, are just caught up in like the momentary excitement of like, yeah, finally something we've done is making a difference. Uh, but no, I, I'm with you. That was so a little harder to buy, yeah. but it works so well as a contrast with Axe in this book yeah. that I'm also like I'm okay with it.
0: Yeah, I really like the concept of Axe knowing a lot more than he's allowed to say and being uncomfortable yeah. with that at this point because I think in the beginning mm-hmm. when it, when he's only on Earth for like a week, it's not a big deal because like he thinks that they might work out, he might be able to leave. But now he has to face right. the fact that he's stuck here for a long time, and he has to figure out how how much he's going to trust these alien kids, how much he's allowed mm-hmm. to like compromise. And like like all everything he grew up with in order to help right. them and assimilate with them enough to like work with them. And that's basically he's what the whole so book alone. is. It's interesting. Yeah. yeah, he's so he's it's so, so sad. alone. I forget yeah, like that sometimes even, because
1: like the animorphs are so isolated, like yeah. they can't talk to anyone but each other. But Axe is trying to decide over the course of his entire book, like, can he even talk to them? Is that yeah. even like a small like concession to the terrible crushing loneliness of like being the last member of your species on a planet
0: it's it's so it's so it, and like there's parts where he's like there's a lot of him there's certain like rituals he's supposed to be doing like mm-hmm. i think as a cadet um he's supposed to be doing every morning and he said like as when he was when he was on the planet when he was on the ship he kind of didn't care about it. it's like the the pledge of allegiance, like you know, like it's just sort of yeah. thing you're supposed to run through, and technically it means something, but you're mostly just trying to get through it because you have to do whatever. Um, <laughs> but like since he's no longer like that's one of his few connections left, so he's doing all these rituals by himself in a hum in like Cassie's field, and it's so sad because right. like like he says to the narrator, like I normally don't care about this, but right. I don't know, I felt like I should do it. It's all I've it um, got.
1: And I love that's such a good parallel to these laws also, yeah. into this larger code of conduct and structure is like do the laws matter more when yeah. you're when you're in isolation and when they're the only thing tying you to this culture that you've yeah. like been pulled totally out of? Does that put even more pressure on him to hold back all this knowledge of technology and knowledge of how these invasions go? It's hard. It's hard yeah. to be a solo and a yeah. light teen.
0: Especially since um, later on in the book he talks a little bit more about How in Andalite culture, there's always a hierarchy, like, especially for him, a cadet, there's always, like, people in front of, like, there's people higher up than him, and then there's people higher up than them. then there's war princes, and they're adhering to all the laws. Mm -hmm. So it's like, you never are trying, you're never going to wonder what to do, because there's going to be someone, like, ahead of you in the hierarchy telling you what to do. Mm -hmm. So he's a teen, and he's, like, an Andalite left to his own devices trying to figure out what the right thing to do is, and there's no one to tell him yet. So he's, like... Fumbling his way as best he can, but
1: mm-hmm.
0: what I thought was really interesting was at this point when he's talking to Jake and he's trying to play it off like nothing's happening, this is one of the few times when he doesn't stutter at all. He doesn't mess up his words yeah. when, like, Jake is saying, like, yeah, this is so great. Like, I think we're finally making a difference, and, and Axe just goes, yeah, great. And this is, like, one of the few times when he just, oh. like, <laughs> oh,
1: Ax. When he doesn't play around with his mouth yeah, sounds. Yeah, you're totally right. It's, like, here, and then the couple other times when he's explaining... Uh, like a, a technological feature that yeah. he's worked on, like when he's talking about the software that he generates out of nowhere yeah. later on in the book. <laughs> um, but I'll, every other instance of his narration is broken up with like him, like echoing and like yeah. saying things like "grease salt grease salt yeah. grease salt." Like he's,
0: he's like because I think it's like he's just like the kind of person who like. He gets really enthusiastic and distracted Yeah, and he's stuff. playing. And, yeah, yeah, he's a kid. Like, he's young. But mm-hmm. when it's something culture important... culture doesn't kind of... allow
1: for that. Yeah. yeah. In a very real way. Like, the oh, structure Axe. that's imposed on him is just... There's not a lot of room for that when yeah. you're in the middle of a war.
0: I think also, like, even if there are... Like, because we, we learn a little tiny bit about angelite culture outside mm-hmm. of um, the, like, war machine, I guess. Um, but, like, Axe is definitely someone who, like, his brother was a hero before he was born. Mm-hmm. He didn't even meet his brother until like oh I, he was like definitely like 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 a 10 year old like like equivalent of that age when he finally met his brother and he was like so impressed right, that his brother he was because there's a way like, in battle yeah his like his brother was already a hero so like he meets him when like he's like a kid already and was like so impressed mm-hmm. that elfanger treated him like an equal like it was just like this is the person axe is of course he's going to join like of course he's going to want to be like his yeah. brother <laughs> so like even if right. there are and other- yeah even though
1: other routes, yeah. yeah. Uh, Elfangor casts such a long shadow, but he's so warm about it. You know, yeah. it's not an oppressive, like, you can never live up to me. It's yeah, more no, like, he's like trying I have this entire legacy and I want you to stand <laughs> here beside me, yeah.
0: It's, like, there's multiple times where Axe either says, like, I can never live up to Elfangor's legacy, or mm-hmm. is just thinking about... Elfanger, thinking about how he's always going to be better than him. And it's heartbreaking because yeah. like, that's so much pressure on Axe. Who's just like a kid. Like Mm-mm. he hasn't had time to figure out what he's good at. Cause he's a kid. Like, I think mm-hmm. he says somewhere that he's not good at anything. Like he's like, I'm not like, yeah. Elfanger. I'm oh, not good at anything. But, but you're, so you're, young. you're like, you're going to figure it out. It's okay. Um, mm-hmm. But that's part of why in this book, he's, he's kind of figuring out his thing.
1: Yeah. And this whole book really is about like the weight of a legacy. Like, the importance of trust and kind of balancing like what's imposed on you the way you're raised versus like what do you do when you're put into a situation that yeah. challenges those rules. And also about about snacks and, you know, yeah, and teen troubles. You know, these fun, fun, light topics yeah. that we like to and get into.
0: To have friends.
1: oh my god oh the end yeah no this is a perfect like a shonen friendship story yeah it's like it's like
0: in anime when they have like a nakama it's basically that
1: yeah (laughs) (laughs) they are comrades in arms like in a very literal sense this is their (laughs) this is their combat squad um i love it
0: so we find out that Ax knows what rattlesnakes are because he he finds one and acquires <laughs> it. <laughs> yeah, um, and then they they decide that Ax should come to school with them. I guess just for fun because they think it would be cool to have him come to school and learn about human culture <laughs> by going to school. <laughs> um, and right. they're like, and from
1: Ax's point of view, like this fits with his like, oh, I want to learn more about yeah. the humans. Um, And as we're talking about this, like, the more we talk about, like, oh, Axe telling the narrator, oh, I want to learn about them, I wonder how much of that is him convincing himself, like, is he writing this in the moment? Is this him convincing himself, like, no, I can't get too close, because that would destroy my, like, unbiased observer um, role that I'm taking on.
0: Yeah, Um, But, yeah, so
1: he's also on board with the school plan.
0: Yeah, because at this point, there's, I think he brings up the Shorm thing at some point pretty early, and he says, like, oh, of course, I could never be... I can never be that close friends with any of them because they're aliens. Um, but I I do like them a lot. But we like, I can't be yeah. that close to them. Um, and then of but course, Tobi- that's and what Tobias
1: on. in particular. Yeah, yeah. and Tobias in particular, separate. he brings up like, right, we're both separate. We've both had to keep secrets. Um, yeah. we're both kind of isolated even among our peers. So maybe we could be two sh- true shorm yeah. if he weren't an alien. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Oh, it's it's like it's mm-hmm. so sad that he has these like self-imposed reasons to not yeah like, but it makes sense like <laughs> um so yeah. he.
1: oh but acts it's hard enough acts it's hard enough to survive middle school yeah. as a human oh my, teen like oh you goodness. don't need to give yourself more <laughs> reasons not to make friends
0: so so yeah they, they um. decided to bring him to school which is a terrible idea but I love it um and this is like oh it's great this is this is in the 90s when you could just bring someone into your school and it was fine um because right, I was just right, thinking exactly about like my
1: cousin is in town for a day yeah that could yeah. never happen now like even like when I went back to visit my high school like after oh, you
0: can't going <laughs> off to
1: college like I had to get like seven forms of ID yeah. and like three identification stickers showing like yes I'm allowed to be here
0: yeah like in the meanwhile in this book he he follows Jake to school because he's supposed to be Jake's cousin and Jake goes into a classroom and is uh-huh. like this is my cousin and the teacher's like whatever sit down <laughs> I mean sit, the teacher just has to stop making noise Oh, there's a part that I didn't love when he's, Mm. when he's, like, first transformed to a human, he's going into the school, he's going through, like, explaining who everyone is. There's a part where, like, they shoehorn in this mention where Axe is like, 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 they tell me that Rachel is very attractive for a human. And that Marco is cute as an Andalite. I don't have any opinion. I was like, okay, fair enough. Like, he's, he's an alien. Right. But then, like, when he's morphed into the human male, he's like, as a human male, though. I, th- I think I do see what they mean about Rachel. And I was like, why do we need to have this why? in here? I don't why? Ca- like first of all, why are we even assuming that like an Angelite who's a mesh of six different humans of like right. different genders? Right. Like he was so cool about and, like, gender initially. Like where is this coming from? Like I feel like it was just some kind of like like maybe it's just like oh for for kids so they don't get confused like I don't know why they put it in there there's I don't feel like there's nothing gained from it like
1: <laughs> right no it wasn't it's not giving you more insight into Axe's personality it just feels shoehorned in and crummy. yeah
0: um so that was like one of the few things in this book where I was like why is this in here but it's not important <coughs> a lot um so mm-hmm. they yeah so he goes into school they they go into the classroom Axe talks about how um like the bell two, rings two
1: legs again
0: the oh. two legs. The bell rings and he's freaking out because he's talking about how, like, the human body has more adrenaline. And, like, he's, like, they have, like, this fight-or-flight response that, like, throughout the book he's dealing with when he's morphed, which is really interesting to me. Because I was like, oh, so, like, Andalites don't, like, they, like, biochemically are different in a certain Mm -hmm. way. Because, like, they seem pretty similar to humans except for culture stuff. Right. Um, But in this book there's a lot of talking about how, like when I'm, when I'm a human, my emotions feel different to me, which is really interesting. oh, that
1: killed me. Axe talking about his emotions. Yeah. Like, later on. especially later on. We can talk about how much it reminded (laughs) me of reading about Breck and ancillary justice, like, coming to grips with, like, I don't have these emotions, except let me clinically describe, like, the very real after effects of, like, an emotion on my body, and that's the only way I can process it.
0: Yeah, it's, um, it's really but interesting. But,
1: yeah, in, in lighter news, when the bell rings and Axe has this, this fight-or-flight response, he's also complaining about, like, and I didn't have, like, eyes on the back of my head, so I had to fling my entire body, yeah, I like, 180 moved. degrees to check <laughs> out the threat. Yeah.
0: I um, mean, they also, like, I think they're trying to wrap up, wrap up from the book where he morphed into Jake and acted super strange, and they just oh, have, like, yeah. a reference oh. where they're like, oh, um, when you... It's, I think Axe is explaining that, like, oh, I transformed to Jake, and I think I did a pretty good job of pretending to be human. Although Except. I was told... I was told that, like, like Jake's <laughs> parents took him to see a doctor to make sure he was okay because he was acting very strangely. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> he, just, he ate so many
1: potatoes that they were genuinely concerned for his, for his welfare. But otherwise, I was fine. I'm very good at being Jake. Yeah. I'm stellar. Yeah, he's super
0: good at being a human. Um, They go into mm-hmm. the classroom, and um, the teacher, apparently, we find out, had been a controller because their jerk is dying also, and they're having a similar, right. like, Like, they're just, like, losing control. The York is using control. The human is gaining control. The human has been trapped for who knows how long. So, obviously, they're frantic and trying to tell everyone. Um, And all the students don't know what to do except for Jake and Axe, who are sort of frozen. And, like, Jake goes over and, like, is trying to comfort the controller by saying, like, oh, like, I know what it's like. I've been a controller. Just wait it out. You'll be okay. Mm -hmm. But then, of course, Chapman shows up and sort of basically makes them leave and kills the teacher, um, mm-hmm. and it's so brutal <laughs> so it was like, yeah. we had such a nice time in this book and then suddenly these poor controllers are being, are just being like taken care of or being like mm-hmm. cleaned up. Um, yeah.
1: And they, they could kind of ignore it the first time in the parking lot yeah. or I don't even think they actually saw what was going yeah, on, but it's, realize, it's right in yeah. front of Jake and Axe. Yeah. Um, my brief school aside is that before they get into the classroom, Axe is following Cassie around for a minute yeah. and he follows her to her locker. <laughs> And she opens her locker, and she has a picture of Jake in her locker just hanging out in there. (laughs) And I love that that's the shorthand in Animorphs for how you know someone has a crush on someone else. They (laughs) They they just have a a picture of them. Because Jake has a photo of Cassie in her beautiful beautiful overalls. Rachel had a photo of Tobias in her desk drawer at home.
0: I bet Tobias had one of Rachel.
1: Oh, you know. You know it. You know it's true. Um, I'm sure he's, like, lining his bird's nest with, like, scraps (laughs) of Rachel photos.
0: This is, like, a time where, like, if you had a photo of someone, you would have had to go out of your way to, like, get it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, you couldn't just go to Facebook or MySpace and download one. Like, you would have to, like, get your yearbook and cut it out. Like, I think Rachel did. Or you'd have to know them well enough to take a photo (laughs) yourself.
1: Right.
0: Right. And then, like, send a single photo
1: to be developed. And, like, that's going to raise some questions. And then take
0: care of it because you only have one copy. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Oh. Oh. And so, yeah. It was so cute. There's a couple, like references to Jake and Cassie being very close, but, like, yeah. in, like, oh, a they, middle think, school way, which is yeah. sort of sweet, because, like, they're Ax, kind of trying to Ax keep it quiet. Asks, like, yeah, they're still keeping it on the DL. Asks, ask, ask woof, ask,
1: ask Cassie. <laughs> like, I've seen you holding hands and, like, intertwining your fingers yeah. sometimes. What Why do you do mean? that if you don't care for each other? Yeah, what does it mean? <laughs> it's oh, so, so very sweet. endearing.
0: Um, but, anyway, mm-hmm. at this point, Ax, Ax knows what's going on, and once again, he starts to, like, feel terrible because... He doesn't want to say anything. He doesn't want them to know he can't say anything, but he knows that the Yerks are like getting rid of these people and this is happening all over. Um, Mm -hmm. And I really like that. Like one of the axe diary entries in in, like the page after this was him saying that like humans speak, um, they speak, they have a spoken language, which means that like, there's no word that just means one thing. They're very subtle, like, race of creatures and i was like that's so interesting because mm-hmm. for the andalites they always think through thought or they speak through thought so like it must be a very different way of like communicating and like understanding each other and it's really interesting um the way it acts yeah no that's
1: that made me want to learn a lot more about like how deliberate do you have to be in your thoughts yeah. like do you have to deliberately choose the emotion that you're projecting yeah. along with speaking along with like the sentence that you're saying or is it like <laughs> your thinking concepts and they're translated into English words, like in the, the human animal's heads, because that's the closest analog they've got. Um, yeah. and the, the way he uses thought speak later in the book to like direct this signal is also yeah. like, I didn't know you could do that. Yeah. Like, what I does that how- say about? like, it's not just a method of communication. It's like a way that they connect to Z space somehow. Yeah,
0: It was um, like, so it's, it's their- this whole other channel. God, so weird. It's really interesting. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah. Yeah. So one of the things that Axe was a good from- diary. Yeah, so one of the things Axe learns in this book is about sarcasm, because there's multiple times when, like, a character (laughs) talks to him, and Axe explains helpfully to the reader, who's probably an antelite, I believe he was using sarcasm. (laughs) Because when you think about it, like, for an antelite... Tobias
1: calls him on it. Tobias is... Yeah. Yeah. No, that's a a pretty advanced concept. It's, like, words that don't just mean their surface level meaning, and then the inflection and tone of voice also alter it. Like, that's hard to code.
0: Yeah. Like, there are humans who have trouble with it, too, and, like, if you're an alien from another culture, and you're already already a fish out of water, and then you also have to figure out this like <laughs> weird way where humans say one thing and mean something else like of course you're gonna be confused but he catches on very quickly right. he's already like i think yeah. they were joking with me
1: <laughs> um, oh marco must have been a nightmare right oh Marco's my just like a sarcasm factory because
0: <laughs> like i know they end up being very good friends so i'm like how did yeah. that happen <laughs> because at this point i feel like every conversation they have is marco like being sarcastic and acts sort of good naturedly going along but also believing
1: him (laughs) and then obviously (laughs) believe
0: like realizing he's been tricked every conversation um right but
1: only a couple sentences onward from
0: there so he and marco have like a little hangout um and he goes to Marco. they're they're supposed to like go to the bookstore i think because i think they start to realize that axe is he seems like he's maybe hiding something but they figure like well we should go to the bookstore and show you some cool books um Right, like, they want to draw him
1: out um, kind of openly, trustingly, and Marco talks a little bit about Marco had wanted to do it like, oh, I can totally, like, you know, I'm I'm this (laughs) great social engineer, yeah, Yeah. I can trick him into doing it, and Jake pushes back saying, like, no, let's just show him how open and trusting we are with him, and then he'll voluntarily start to tell us about, like, What's what do you yeah. know? Yeah, what do you know de- that you don't know about this Eric invasion? Like what's gonna happen? Yeah what's gonna happen to us. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So but they're they're gonna go to the bookstore, but instead they have to detour and go back to Marco's house because he forgot his money. Um yeah. and we we see Axe like he goes into it's Axe just he's like a small child. Like He is. This is his personality. Like it's like even as an Andalite, he's like this where it's like they go into the house, Marco tells him, like, hey buddy, stay put. Just stand Don't here. touch anything. If my dad comes my dad might be here. Don't say anything weird. <laughs> like, like just
1: yes or just, no answers only. That's yeah. it. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So Marco leaves the room and then an- Axe immediately goes over to a computer, sees what he thinks is a game. And this mm-hmm. is like what sticks with me is I'm like, I understand why he thinks it's a game. He's an Andalite. What does he know? Right. He sees like a program and thinks that the game is that you correct the program, <laughs> which cause like, he's like, oh, it's so So what are Andalite games like? <laughs> and he's like, oh, it's so simple. It had to be a game for children. Which, okay, okay, given that... It drove me
1: up a wall. It drove me up a wall. It's like, I suffered through, like, several CS classes. Like, please, Axe, where were you when I was in a lab at, like, 3 in the morning, (laughs) like, trying to find, like, a misplaced semicolon. Please save me from this game.
0: I also originally thought this might be a Microsoft Word document, and he was just posted with, like, (laughs) (laughs) paragraphs. Like, oh, look Um, at the pseudocode. I bet I can fix it. Yeah. Oh, Um. I see the green wiggle. This means something must be true. (laughs) um but no it was um we find out later it's a computer program um yeah. and axe thinks that it's just a game which i'm i'm on board with that that makes sense to me the fact that he goes over and plays someone else's game in their home is what kills me <laughs> like Axe, that's so bad that's like, so or, rude that's so you rude just, you learned about politeness like what are you doing <laughs> are you just so used to being like the angelite prince's little brother that you just oh. like do it? like i was like trying <laughs> desperately to spin this into something that made sense it wasn't just like we need to have this happen, so we have uh-huh. to have acts be a little bit goofier than usual. Um, so anyway, he messes with the computer, but it seems like everything might be fine because, like, he does whatever he's supposed to be doing. Like, he, like, finishes he wins messing the with game. this program. Yeah. And then poor Marco's dad shows up and is just sort of like, oh, hey, are you one of Marco's friends? Because Marco isn't in the room. It's just this strange child. Um, and then Marco's dad is like, oh, so what's <laughs> your name? And I kind of... I both loved and hated this exchange, which is yeah, like no, who's, it's on just first. who's on first.
1: Like it's just the who's on first sketch. Yeah.
0: Cause he asks Axe's name and Axe has been told to only say yes or no. So he says his name is no. And mm-hmm. then Marco's dad asks, wait, that's your name. And he says, yeah. Like it's like this whole like two or three page exchange yeah. of like who's on first. Um, but I think for a little kid, I think I probably was laughing very hard at this. Oh when I yeah. Was, oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Um, Anyway, so they go to the bookstore, they get Axe and Almanac, which he loves. Oh, he
1: loves that so much. It, gives, so him, it gives him access to all the animal facts yeah. his little heart could yeah. ever desire. Yeah, animal
0: facts. He learns mm-hmm. about human tech, which is really interesting, because at this point, like, he, he didn't know, like, I mean, what, like, a, like what 13-year-old is going to tell their new alien friend, like, right. well, we learned how to fly in the year 1918, before, th- like, like, who's going to tell him that kind of stuff? I don't, like, I wouldn't care, but he's looking through this this encyclopedia, and he realizes that humans advance very quickly like considering how far behind they are to andalites they like they're behind but they're moving very quickly um in terms of technology Mm -hmm. so he eventually starts to think about this and he says later on the book that he thinks that the reasons the yorks picked earth was not only that there are so many humans that that they'll be easy to trick is that humans advance so quickly that if the yorks didn't come in and take over now they might be a threat to the Mm -hmm. later which is, like, right. sort of Which, again, feels like, nice. <laughs> feels, like, very anime logic to me yeah. also. Oh, it's, yeah. like,
1: it's your potential. That's what really worries
0: yeah. us in this case. <laughs> the yeah. potential of Earth. <laughs>
1: of who you could be, yeah. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, and this is also when, like, Cat, he he's, like, reading his book. He's in the field. And this is when he runs into Cassie and he sort of explains oh. that Cassie is a natural S-tren. And that's yes. a, um, someone who morphs artistically. And this mm-hmm. is, like, a whole, like, I guess it's a career it's like a whole like art form is morphing right. nicely. Like,
1: mhm. Like mobile kinetic sculpture. Yeah. I really
0: I don't know how much I trust
1: like we've seen some of what Ax thinks is yeah. like aesthetically <laughs> pleasing. So I'm not convinced that I totally trust well, this, his judgment on this the one. The thing
0: that the thing that does make me believe it is that Ax Kind of shamefully explains that he's not very oh, good right, at her. Oh, right, that he's he's not a street. <laughs> yeah, like
1: Cassie has the skill for it. Axe yeah. doesn't. Like not all animats are good at morphing.
0: Because it's like now at this point he says all the other animorphs morph in a way that is not pleasing to him. Oh, <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> um, that's true. But then later on, I think he's talking to he's talking to Tobias later, mm-hmm. and Tobias I think says something like, "How come you don't morph as well oh, as Cassie?" Right. Like we all expected and, you yeah. to be the
1: best morpher because you're the Andalite. Yeah,
0: and then I think Axe says like a very short sentence. He says something like. She has talent. <laughs> That's like all he's gonna say because like, he clearly is a little uncomfortable. Yeah.
1: <laughs> um, mm-hmm.
0: But like, this is like a really sweet sequence where Cassie is sort of like, we know something's going on with you. Um, mm-hmm. Like, we want to help you out. We know you're not telling us stuff. and We're not happy about it, but you're our friend, and we want we like. She even says like, we we think you're lonely. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh. And like they like they have a meeting and they. Basically, tell Axe that um, <laughs> that he messed with a space program <laughs> that Marco's dad was working on for work. Right? Um, like and Marco's and Marco's dad
1: works at like fake NASA and like yeah, is an still engineer. Works there. Yeah, so they which were working I'm, on a program to like aim the telescope.
0: Yeah, which I'm very glad that Marco's dad still works there. It's like Me really too. nice. That, I'm so glad he got his job back. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad he's like he seems to be doing pretty well. Um. Mm-hmm. But so anyway, Ax like accidentally advanced Earth science by like two hundred <laughs> years. Yeah. Um, and then, but this is when Ax goes through the sequence where he's thinking about what he did, mm-hmm. and he realizes that like, oh, I screwed up. But I could use that telescope with this program to communicate via Z space with the Andalite homeworld. Mm-hmm. Um, and he doesn't he doesn't tell them this once again because he can't. He wasn't supposed to do this to begin with. That's part of Ciro's kindness we find out here is that he's not supposed to, like, advance them like this. He's not supposed to right. give them advanced technology. Um, but I think he also doesn't want them to know that he he would rather, like, use the program he built than right, then. shut it down immediately so the Yerks don't use it. Um, mm-hmm. And and it's just, like, at this point, I was so frustrated. I was like, Axe, just tell your just friends. Just tell them. It'll be okay. Because yeah. um, I was like, they, I think they would... If you just told them, like, I could use this to talk to the Andalites, then we can shut it down. They would all be with you <laughs> because yeah. oh, they want God. that too. Right. They need that as
1: much as you do. Yeah.
0: Like, they're also uh, out
1: here fighting for their lives.
0: Um, and But he basically leaves the meeting and he sa- he says a sentence that is so heartbreaking to me. Oh. Um, later on, when he's still thinking about it. And he says, sometimes I hurt from thinking about my home. And it's just oh, like, oh, Ax. this boy, <laughs> like he, no. like it's like he does some things in this book that bother me because, like, he's he's a teenager. Of course, he's going to be annoying, right. but like, fundamentally, he's this like sweet kid. He's trying to do yeah. his best. Who's a million million y- miles from home. He yeah, has who's no communication with his alone. parents. His yeah. brother's dead. Like, mm-hmm. oh, poor Ax. Um, <sighs> and this is where he starts to. He talks about like when he met Alfanger the first time and mm-hmm. why he wants to follow in his footsteps. Cassie shows up. Um and he and Cassie have just like a really nice conversation where like Cassie's like so empathetic and she is so sweet and she's sort of saying like we can we can tell that you're not feeling okay like are you yeah. are you okay like do you need me to like hang out with you for a little while um and Axe is sort of talking about i think this is what he's telling her about how fast humans have been like developing right like the, the
1: time difference between like first uh flying craft and yeah distance to the moon and yeah
0: because i think he's he's sort of he doesn't talking directly tell her but he tells the like the reader that like it took right. andalites a lot longer <laughs> right like three times
1: as long between yeah. like airplane and moon landing
0: and he he's and he says something about i think he's talking about why yurik's picked um earth and like why like, the Andalites, like, so It's he's talking about alien species, and he says, every species carries some terrible guilt,
1: mm-hmm. and he doesn't oh. really want
0: to say any more, but he's definitely thinking about Zero's kindness, yeah. as, as he is the entire book, Um, and he, and he ends up going to Cassie's house for dinner, which well, is so he, sweet. He morphs into Jake. Yeah, he morphs into Jake, and which he's is, like, I, I could be Jake. <laughs> right. no problem,
1: I was Jake for three days, it was fine. This is so self-sacrificing of, of Cassie, like, yeah. Cassie <laughs> wants her parents to like yeah. Jake, and she knows yeah. Like and yet she invites him in, disguised as Jake.
0: I also did wonder if after this chapter, she had to call Jake to debrief him <laughs> on, right. like...
1: This is <laughs> the dumb thing you did. Next
0: time you come help muck out the stables, just so you know... <laughs> um, my dad might make you have super spicy chili again, because last time Axe was here, and he pretended to be you, and he loved it, so uh-huh. you're going to have to pretend to love it again. <laughs>
1: Sorry. Bye. Sorry. Oh, uh, man. So, yeah. So, this is a chili interlude, and I, yeah. I read this, and then as soon as I finished this book, I literally, like, dropped everything, went to the store, and spent my entire day making chili, and it was really good. So, thank you, Axe. Good. Thank you, Animorphs. It was delicious. Oh, like
0: before the chili we see Axe's diary and he, he gives a rundown on some of his opinions. Oh on earth. yeah. <laughs> um first, earth, earth music, not good. He doesn't mm-hmm. like it. Nope. He's <laughs> <It's> terrible. <laughs> Second, <laughs> things he does think are good about earth, cinnamon buns, Snickers, hot peppers, and, and this- the refreshing <laughs> beverage, vinegar. <laughs>
1: Like, I love oh, this so boy. Good. I love him so much. This is. I also like this chapter was really funny to me. Yeah. And I don't know if I was just punch drunk on animorphs at this <laughs> yeah. point, but like I could not stop laughing through I this chili scene. I felt like this scene. chapter.
0: This chapter was so like this exchange in this chapter, which is literally just acts as Jake having yeah. chili at Cassie's house, was <laughs> so much so so funnier to me yeah. than the tryhard sequence of the who's on first oh, section yeah. of no, Marco's me house. Too. Me too. And I think that was definitely supposed to be. <laughs> the funny like little bit but right. this is so much funnier because it's, it's like amazing such a natural place because it's just it's just it's just acts being given my notes because <laughs> <I'm sorry. laughs> well, Axe is given the spicy chili cassie's dad is warning him like hey yeah. hey jake just just so you know this is some really <laughs> spicy chili spicy. It's really good. So Axe is like, okay, I'll eat it. It's food. So he eats it, and he even like says, like, it wasn't as delicious as chocolate, but it gave him a whole new sensation. And (laughs) as as we've discussed,
1: Axe is super into like different flavors, not just good flavors. The
0: flavor. (laughs) And I
1: mean, to be fair, in this case, like hot spicy chili sounds amazing, but he's like eating it and like
0: he's telling you, like, water dribbled from my eyes He said he was basically like crying, (laughs) and but he loves it. And like there's even a part where Cassie is like, hey. Maybe you should calm down and not eat so much chili. And then her dad's like, There's plenty. And then Axe like, I will eat yours. <laughs> that was what killed me. It's, yeah, yeah it's that was Cassie, like the funny. Cassie <laughs> says, like, you
1: don't you don't need to have <laughs> You don't need to have so much chili. And he just screams <laughs> in her face.
0: I'll eat yours. <laughs> I also like that his first just, reaction yeah. his first reaction to the chili is This is a wonderful food. I'm oh, like, it's, just, it's it's not acts as his like weird
1: like human morph. It's Jake. It's Jake yeah. saying all these things, which is even. Better.
0: The best part also is I feel like oh. Cassie and Cassie's parents don't seem to notice that much of a difference, <laughs> right? Like, how is Jake normally around her parents? Is he yeah. just so
1: quiet and like shut down and nervous that like they have no <laughs> yeah, comparison to go on, right? That's so like, sweet. They've literally They've literally <laughs> never heard Jake speak before, and yeah. this is the only reason why they're fine with it.
0: Well, there is a moment where Cassie's dad, like, after dinner, they, like, watch TV, I think. Mm-hmm. And, like, Cassie's dad, I think, is trying to be, like, he's trying to be nice. He's trying to find something that Jake is interested in. Oh, their um, small talk was so good. So he asks if he thinks that Jake thinks if the bulls will go all the way. Mm-hmm. And Axe... Sports thinks, watch. Yeah, sports it's watch. Ah, sports watch. <laughs> um, Axe does save it. Because he clearly has no idea what the bulls are, but he does go, I know the bulls are a sports team in right. addition to being an animal. And he goes... I do think they will go all the way. And then he changes the subject to something completely different. Yeah. Oh
1: my God. Yeah. No, Axe pivots from there. He's like, it's great. He's got the structure of like a human conversation down. Like clearly someone sat down and was like, okay, like when you have a conversation, it's an exchange of ideas. You want to draw the other person out by asking questions. And like, he's got that, but he's missed the part where you want to like talk to something that's interesting to them, like find out what they care about. So he's just like, I'm going to frame this axe fact from an almanac as a yeah. question. <laughs> what do you think about, like, ground microscope lenses? Aren't they fascinating?
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's That's like it. It's like he's – it's so sweet because he's definitely trying. And I'm like, yeah. you know, you're doing a pretty good job. You're doing mm-hmm. definitely better than I would do if I was printing bean and So <laughs> true, <laughs> uh, true. But on the other hand, oh,
1: honey. Yeah. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, and, and imagine Cassie, like, her parents look at her and yeah. are like, really? Like, this boy? Yeah. Like, this is the
0: one I, you're secretly holding hands with? <laughs> yeah. When? I do think they said that Cassie's mom, like – They're watching TV and, and Axe is still describing stuff as if he's talking to like, and Mm -hmm. like, I mean, he's talking to the reader, but he's also kind of framing stuff as if this is completely bizarre to him where he was like, and then they sit together and they watch the television in Jake's home. The father was the one who fell asleep, but in this one, the mother (laughs) was the one who fell asleep. It's David Attenborough's like human, human
1: planet studies. Yeah.
0: Axe. Um. But I, I do think the mom says something like, this boy is oh, like, yeah, like yeah. I think she says you're like, totally right. she doesn't seem like she's mad about it. She's just like, She's just Man, like, this all kid. right, he's, he's a character. Yep. <laughs> um, so, and then at the end of this like adorable night, oh, Cassie we, we walks from Oh, This a sharp field.
1: turn into heartbreaking. Oh,
0: yeah. This is, where, first, this is where,
1: this is where, okay, you're right. Sorry.
0: First, Cassie gives him a quote book, but then yes. things get heartbreaking. Yes. <laughs>
1: The quote book was cute. This is I yeah. cried here, and we've yeah. discussed that I'm easy. Um, I'm oh, like yeah, a very low bar for crying, but it was um,
0: it was very emotional.
1: Yeah, it was. There are a couple of cases of like you talked about before of acts, kind of talking around the idea of emotion and not yeah. really knowing how to deal with like what his body is throwing at him. Mm-hmm. Um, so the first thing, this lonely child, after leaving like this sole moment of connection he's had in weeks, he says like. I felt strange walking into the dark, walking away from Cassie's house. Strange. As, as if it were cold out, although it wasn't. It's just oh. like, you're leaving something nice, Axe. That's how it feels sometimes. Which is such like a breath yeah. thing to say to me. Yeah. Also, Yeah. If you um, haven't
0: read Ancillary Justice. And oh, you, you should. Like, and you like the idea of like space stuff, alien mm-hmm. stuff, and people re- like adapting to having emotions. Mm-hmm. It's a really cool sci-fi book by yeah, Anne Leckie. Read
1: Licky. all three. Yes.
0: Um, yeah, there's also a part where he describes, like, he's going by, like, physical sensations, because he's in a morph, uh-huh. so it, it sort of makes sense that it's, that's how the Andalites kind of just, de- I mean, the um, anamorphs describe certain things in, like, morphs they've had.
1: Right, like, um, my claws so, did this, or, like, yeah. the tiger mine did this, but for him, it's, like, the human. Yeah, yeah.
0: like, he, he was saying, like, like this isn't the only time he does it where he says, like, his throat his felt throat like it was swelling up. up. Yeah, but it, he, he like, says it out that. loud to
1: Cassie. Cassie, yeah, Cassie was asks just so him heartbreaking. about, like... They're talking about Cassie's parents and, like, that yeah. was very nice with your family. And Cassie's like, well, what what are your parents like? Can you tell me about them? And he tries to talk to them about her yeah. and instead he starts to cry. He's, like, yeah. saying, this is so strange. My throat is closing up and I'm having yeah. difficulty saying these words. And that's when I cried. Yeah, it's no, just like, it's so sad. You baby bird of a boy. Yeah. Like, you're so fragile and so, so alone.
0: And it's especially, like, he's trying, like, I think he says at one point he's trying very hard to be strong and he's trying to pretend, like, I'm going to go to Earth and I'm going to be strong and then I'm going to go home and I'll be a hero and everything's fine. I will take care of it. I will be, I will take Mm -hmm. care of myself, like, because he has, like, no one to help it. Like, he has people who are helping him, but he can't connect to them yet. It's just so sad because he's trying so hard to be a good angelite. Oh, Um, and yeah, that that
1: little aside about how much he wants the people at home to know how brave his being was so raw and real. It's so hard not to think like that, right? And when you get hurt and you're being stoic, and it's really like this extension of like, do you think about me as much as I'm thinking about you here? Like, do you think of me at all while I'm here and alone and isolated?
0: I think it's like that kind of thing where I think like even when you're like growing up, you still have that like little kid, like whining... Yeah. thing in you oh God, where you're just yeah. like where you're just like I just want people like you about to be proud of me right, <laughs> like are you proud of me do please, you like please. me is everything okay it's, it's, <laughs> it's so it's like oh. he's like I mean he's at the age where like that is, is that the surface main, like you don't have yeah. any yeah you don't have you any buffer between you and like
1: that raw layer of like yeah what do other people think of me all the time?
0: Um, and I think it must... Because like, he's an Andalite teen. And yeah. then when he's morphing into a human teen, it sounds like human bodies have even more, like, adrenaline and fighter <laughs> fight going. So oh, he's, like, even human more... Human puberty like, is so probably
1: bad. worse, yeah. yeah, than Andalite puberty, <laughs> given what we know about them so far.
0: Yeah. Oh. So, yeah, so <sighs> he's... And then he, he, has this, he has this scene where he goes back to the field. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> he goes to find Tobias because he wants to talk to him. And he goes... Tobias, are you my friend? And then Tobias oh. is so good. He just goes, well, we're both like, we're both like the two freaks around here and we've almost mm-hmm. died together. So yeah, I think we're friends. And oh. it's so, it's like, oh, Axe. Oh, X, you don't have to ask if they're I your know. friends. like you're Shorm, <laughs> it's
1: okay, you're Shorm. And they're setting um, up, they're setting up this future Elfangor connection yeah. so deeply already, yeah, which I really Tobias, appreciate.
0: Because Tobias, after that, he says like, like you know, like you can talk to me about Andalite stuff because, like, I I was there. I was the one who was the last to leave Alfanger. Mm-hmm. I felt this compulsion to stay there with him. Like, I, I I won't tell anyone if you need to tell me things. Um He's such a good friend. Oh. Yeah, he's he's like he. I really like he. He's really cool in this book because he he is doing a lot of like quipping, which kind of is definitely him deflecting still being upset about yeah. his life yeah. in yeah. general. Yeah. Um. But it also does feel like he's sort of like adapting to his role in the group and he... Like, he's just, like, he's, like, a cool big brother for Axe in this mm-hmm. book. Like, he's, oh, he's, he's ch- calling him Axe, man. He, he tells, a cool big brother. Yeah. and he tells me. him he's going to have a good time at school, and he, like, mm-hmm. is, like, hey, if you need to talk, I can talk to you, and, of course, I'm your friend. Like, like right. of course, we're, like, these two freaks. We can, like, hang out together. Like, mm-hmm. it's so sweet. Like, I'm so glad Tobias is there for Axe when I think originally I thought, Axe would have to be the one who's there for Tobias. Me too. That's I definitely, think... like, what I what I had in my head was, like, Axe yeah. being the
1: emotional support for, like, Tobias as Tobias is struggling with, like, yeah. is there any way for me to, like, come to terms with my situation? Like, yeah. is there an equilibrium between, like, the body I have and the body I want?
0: Yeah.
1: Um, and, yeah, I I'm really Tobias... glad that like, he's able to, like, be emotionally available yeah, for Axe think... in this way, too.
0: Because I think that might be good for him as a character. Because I, yeah. I think, like, in real, like, I think in my life sometimes there's times when it's nice to be... The person who knows more than someone, because they're like, oh, mm-hmm. like I like this, I can help someone else out. That helps me right. feel like I like am, I can, I can yeah, be I'm of like use, yeah, capable. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it makes nice your that, own
1: problems seem less terrible yeah. sometimes. When you're like, okay, like I, I was able to help someone else figure yeah. something out.
0: Um, it's just like I feel like like the like connections between all of them are getting interesting. Like there's different like yeah. levels of understanding and different levels of trust. Um, so he mm-hmm. basically he ropes Tobias into his terrible plot. Yeah. He tells Tobias part of his plan, and I'm he's sort of vague to how the much he's Able
1: to, yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Like, I think, I think, what happens is he told Tobias the bare minimum of, like, I'm going to go to the, I want to go to the telescope and use to it the for something, yeah, before and, I destroy it, right. Um, and I think Tobias might be, because fi- I don't think Axe is subtle. <laughs> right. Um, like, they figured out pretty early that something was going on with Axe in this book. Mm-hmm. So I think Tobias, Tobias definitely seems like he knows more than Axe has explicitly told him. Um, so they fly off to the observatory together. And this is where he tells Tobias that he's not, that Axe doesn't have a talent for morphing. <laughs> oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> this just, like, quietly shut down of, like, no, Cassie has a skill for it. I do not. Yeah.
0: Um <laughs> so they go to the observatory and um ax uses the program he is able to like he uses his mind to connect with Z space so strange yeah and, and to there's like like also focus parts the signal from the telescope yeah and there's parts where it's like he has to keep his emotions in check because mm-hmm. he has to keep his mind focused on the signal right and it's it's very like i think i like that it's it's sci-fi in a more like emotive, like it's more an emotions way. Yeah, it gets more interesting to me personally than like hard sci-fi. Oh my gosh,
1: absolutely! Yeah, no, that's not that's not what I'm in it for. I'm, like in, for, I'm in it sci-fi. for like as a lens to discuss human relationships. Yeah. yeah,
0: Um, so he's able to connect with um the Andalite homeworld,
1: and meanwhile, Tobias isn't in the room with him. Yeah. Tobias is, Tobias like, is keeping is a lookout outside. on like this meeting of people who are elsewhere in the observatory. Yeah, yeah like like keeping a lookout.
0: Yeah, so so he he's managed, he talks to. Um, someone named Liram, who's a like high, mm-hmm. high, high up, like very he's old. Like the, the president.
1: He's like the end. <laughs> Super president. old. Yeah, yeah. he's, Like
0: 300? Like 200 yeah, something. Because he he was under Prince Zero right. many, 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 many years ago, mm-hmm. um, centuries ago. He says. Um, so he doesn't outright say what happened with Zero, but he says like you should remember what happened with Zero. You have to be careful right. about what you tell these humans because Axe basically says like I'm on Earth, Elfanger's dead. Um, I don't know what to do. The Yerks are here, and also the humans have this yeah. morphing
1: power. Yeah, yeah. some
0: of, like Elfanger gave them the morphing power, which I think he struggled with telling them because he knows he knows from the beginning of the book. He's saying that um, if the Endolites like find worst out, crime. Yeah. yeah, like Elfanger, who had been a hero, would be nothing if they knew yeah. what he did. Um, and so they basically kind of not trick Axe because Axe knows what's going on. They basically right. tr- get Axe to say that he was the one who gave them morphing power in order to preserve oh. Elfanger's legacy. Which is like so sad because then Axe knows that he can never go home and be a hero because yeah. but he also wants to preserve Elfangor's legacy because he loved Elfangor. Um, right.
1: But no matter so what, like this is this it. is the only thing that Axe can be remembered yeah. for. Like he doesn't have the option of like being the brilliant human anthropologist yeah. that he's been talking about being, he's just gonna be like the second zero.
0: Yeah. And this is sort of, like, he's talking to the homeworld, and he has, like, a moment in the beginning of the conversation where he's so happy to see them again. Yeah. He's so ha- and then, like, as the conversation goes on, he starts to realize that, like... Why did I call them? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. like, it's not working out, like, what what they want him to do, which is what he wa- he wanted them to tell him what to do. But what they want him to do is not what he wants anymore. Like, he mm-hmm. doesn't want to just sit and wait and not help the humans. Like, because right. he's friends with them. He doesn't yeah. want to just oh. sit and watch them die. Mm-hmm. Um, and... And And yeah, I think
1: it really does take this challenge to like their well being for him to actually come to terms with that and like admit it to himself that like, yeah, I do, I do care about these people a lot more than I was willing to admit.
0: Yeah, and it's just, like, I think Axe also had these ideas of what would happen. Yeah. And oh, oh he's helping faced with the not, reality. Right? How yeah. could you possibly
1: not imagine that, like, you'd call them and they'd say, like, we're so proud of you for yeah, surviving this we understand. long, like, yeah, the worship is on you. the way, like, we're going to celebrate you, we're going to, hear these laurels in advance yeah. of your actual victory, like, it's all going to be fine.
0: How can you um, not
1: think that if you're, like, sneaking yeah. a phone call home at camp? Like, just tell me it's going to be Okay.
0: Like, I think even reading this now, I was, like, I was hoping someone would at least say, like, yeah. oh, we're we're glad you're here. But, like, right. even when his dad comes on the line and Axe is, like, very excited to see his father, but, like, his dad almost immediately asks about Elfanger. And that's mm-hmm. when Axe, like, I think Axe says something like, like, he has to tell his father that Alfanger is dead, which is terrible mm-hmm. for, like, a kid to have to do. And, and then, he has to do that
1: in this weird, rit- oh, not weird, in this ritualistic way. Yeah. Like, they have a whole ceremony a around, like, announcing the death of like a yeah. fellow member of like your your clan or like your warrior party
0: yeah because it was like he has to say who killed him he has to say that he's going to avenge him mm-hmm. um and and then like he says like when he sees his death he sees his father start to like i guess andolites don't cry but like he sees his father feel like completely heartbroken about mm-hmm. anger's death and he says something like seeing my father's pain made me feel my own mm. and i was just like oh, Axe, oh. like that's like that's, like, so like, – I, like, I totally understand that feeling of, like, yeah. you know something is bad, but then it's, like, when you're forced to confront the reality of it by telling someone else or seeing someone else deal with it, and then you – it's just, like, it's so – it's so much worse. Mm-hmm. No, it really <laughs> magnifies so it and then and the just as he's actually up. getting yeah
1: just as he's actually getting to talk to his dad yeah, beyond I think he's the trying confines to, of this ritual yeah. like he's uh, starting to tell him like i'm so glad i can yeah. see you the call cuts off yeah the call cuts off. And not, not off. in the like wavering like i'm struggling with my yeah, emotions no, way that it had earlier yeah
0: um and a controller shows up and basically says he cut off the call because he was sick of hearing about it or whatever. Yeah.
1: Um, or, or whatever, you know, good yeah. reasons. Yeah. And like,
0: what's good is that Axe is still an Andalite at this point, And I think his original plan had been maybe morph a human. So if he was mm-hmm. caught, no one would say anything. Um, but the fact that he's not morphed, he's just an Andalite is actually good because what happens is this controller ends up being a sort of like. Not a, a sympathizer, who's gone but road. like a. Yeah, yeah.
1: Like, someone um, who's just motivated by revenge now, yeah. at this point.
0: It's a controller controlled by a Yurk named Eslyn, mm-hmm. um, who does not like Vizzer 3. <laughs> no. Which is so interesting. I think
1: yeah. the previous Yurk, the, the only other Yurk we've kind of gotten a peek into the, in, like, the direct communication with, the one who was yeah. controlling Jake um, a couple books ago, was so on board with, like, not a hive mind, but, like, the goals of the Yurks yeah. as a unit... Yeah, like um, I didn't even remember though- that they had, like, individual relationships. So this yeah. yerk, Eslyn, um, is motivated by, like, this or three indirectly caused the death of his partner, um, yeah. like, the yerk that he loved.
0: Because, like, basically he says that um, because the Candrona was broken, they haven't mm-hmm. placed it yet, um, the the yerks who need to feed have to go all the way up to the, the mothership and they can't transport, like, that's, that's, it takes time, it takes a lot of money, like, right. whatever yerk like, how were they... Uh, energy. <laughs> <laughs> so they have to do that. So they only... Bucks. It takes a lot of yerk bucks. Yeah, yerk bucks. So they... So, like, mm-hmm. they're prioritizing high-level yerks um, as the ones right. who can go up regularly. Everyone else kind of has to either wait it out and wait to see if they get lucky enough to, like, get replenished or just die. Uh-huh. Um, and that's what happens to his partner. Um And this is sort of... This is slightly like we saw with the um Chapmans. I think we saw their... Yurks controlling them mention like, oh, we heard so-and-so was killed by Visser three. Like, that's – I can't believe right. that. That's right. But, like, they were definitely not – they were definitely not Yurks who were going to go against anything. They were just sort of mildly, like, I, I'm uncomfortable with this. But obviously we're going to keep doing what we have to do. Um, but this Yurk Eslin has been sabotaging. He's sabotaged one shuttle already. Um, and that's part of mm-hmm. why a bunch of the Yurks that we've seen in this book have been dying off. Um, is because they couldn't get to the Candrona in time. Um, and so he basically sees, um, Axe and assumes like he's, oh, he's one of the Andalite bandits. And he thinks like, who are definitely all
1: Andalites, by the way. Yeah, definitely all
0: Andalites. (laughs) And, um, (laughs) and he says that he, he says this stuff about, like this stuff about Visser Three is so interesting. He says that Visser Three occasionally feeds like an Andalite, which at this point, I think Axe has told the reader that he feeds through his hoof. But, he yeah, hasn't but told not the rest of the, the other animorphs. yeah, <laughs> The other Animorphs have no idea how he eats. Mm-hmm. Um, and But apparently, Visser 3 feeds like an Andalite sometimes. And when he does this, he is almost completely alone. Like, he goes into mm-hmm. the woods with a couple like work bodyguards and does like an Andalite thing by himself. Right. Which um, is so it's so interesting because so I assume
1: it comes from a place of like he doesn't want anyone to see him vulnerable. Because yeah. so much of Visser 3 is about like posturing and power yeah. and control. So to reveal to anyone else, like, his andalite body which is supposed yeah. to be like his greatest source of strength has this big like a oh, weakness like yeah. oh no it needs to consume food sometimes yeah um i have to assume like that's what's driving like oh i'm only going to take yeah. like a, a skeleton guard a skeleton guard
0: yeah a minimal guard with
1: <laughs> me when i go um, i think but it's, it's still interesting. it's so strange yeah and
0: like the the yerk um eslyn calls him half andalite scum so it's like even among yeah. the Yerks, they don't like that he's an andalite and i think mm-hmm. that Visitor three for both sides symbolizes this weird like he's everything like I think for the Andalites they don't like him because he signifies this kind of like like he's shared like indirectly this Andalite has shared their technology of morphing with right. the yrks, and like I don't think they they don't even know the name of the Andalite in him I think or I think only the until the do. end of the, yeah yeah in this book we find out the name of the Andalite who's who's being used basically but the Yrks don't like him either so he's this weird amalgam of everything. That both sides hate about themselves in one uh-huh. horrible <laughs> creature. Um, and Vistor Three, yeah, so no, Three is an expression of self-loathing, like yeah. given form. Um, so, so <clears throat> the the animorphs figure, well, Axe figures. He's going to go. He's going to find viscer Three when he's mm-hmm. feeding, and this is going to be. He's finally going to avenge Il Fangor and. At this point, I think he kind of thinks he's not going to survive it because he had this oh, call. he's with, convinced. Yeah, yeah. he's going to die. Um, because I, I think especially after the call with the homeworld, he knows that, like, there's no there's no chance of him going home as a hero. There's no chance of him going home as mm-hmm. even a survivor of Earth who can, like, have news. He's just, like, an Andalite who screwed up and is right. going to be remembered <laughs> New, as... News about good
1: tastes and bad yeah. music.
0: <laughs> he's just going to... If he goes home, he's going to re- be remembered as this, like, war criminal, basically. Um, because mm-hmm. he said he was the one who gave humans this morphing power, he was the one who broke the law of right. zero's kindness, which is their law above everything else um so he figures like there's no chance of me making out of this out of this alive, but mm-hmm. I'm gonna try because I have to avenge el fanger um so yeah that's like oh, the first so i think the first question
1: they have to ask each other in this this ritual where they talk about a death is. Um, is did he die well? Um, yeah. Like, that was the first question that um, his dad had to ask him when he made this call home to talk about Alfengor. Um, so he now acts as now going on about like dying well is the very yeah. last thing that I can do and like I can't do much but I have to do this. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, I think this is when he starts to think about um, so Yerk president, whose name I don't, Liram, um, yeah. Liram had talked a little bit about like I understand how president. tempting it is. Yeah, Andalite Press. <laughs> how tempting it is to. Um, how tempting it is to show kindness in this situation. Yeah. How tempting it is to like give advanced technology. Yeah. Um, and like I, I know that burden because I was with the Hork-Bajir when yeah. they were being invaded, and I made, I made the yeah. right decision. Like I didn't share tech with them. Yeah. And now, Ax, as he's deciding, like, okay, I have to do this. I have to go and die, um, in pursuit of this bigger goal, is also um, kind of struggling with, like, but what if someone had helped the Hork-Bajir? Yeah. Like, would they still be free? Would they still yeah. be alive?
0: Because um, I think. Because in this book, there's another mention of the Hork-Bajir as this race that before they were controlled were like noble and like they were very peaceful. They would, mm-hmm. I guess, every 63 years they would have war, but otherwise they were very peaceful and they were like brave. Um, but Liram d- didn't stop them. Like he, he was, didn't I think he was trying, yeah. but he, but he like, unlike Ax, I guess, didn't help them out the way that Ax is. He didn't mm-hmm. tell them what the Yerks would do. He didn't step in more than he had to, which I, for it and the andalite perspective is very noble right it's like but, good job you follow the first yeah. law you're fine but for axe who's gotten to know these humans he's gotten to know earth this is like not as upsetting to him now yeah um and so he has to just like he's trying to decide what to do and he oh axe <laughs> <laughs> so hard
1: it's, he's trying so hard these are such big decisions like yeah. the, the previous book was also all about or uh Two books uh, ago, Rachel's book, <laughs> yeah. yeah, was also all about like these impossible decisions for a tiny teen, and now he's yeah. trying to decide like, do I do I make this tech sharing? Do I violate like the first law of my people, like the first law I grew up with to yeah. follow above all others?
0: And like the the little um, uh, diary entries at the beginning of the chapters are definitely related to what he's feeling in the book at yeah. the times. So, like the one at this point, he says something like, um, "When you morph a human, it's hard not to." start to feel a part of humanity it's hard to not feel connected to them if you start to like connect because like and it's just like X! X! <laughs> oh, no. oh um so, so i think
1: i think now at this point like all the animorphs confront him right yeah like they cassie calls a meeting
0: because i think i think tobias Tobias promised not to tell them what Axe was doing in the beginning. And I think right. also oh, what but X, his
1: loophole is um, great.
0: His loophole, was his that loophole he, is
1: that he, like... he's carrying, like, a piece of the shirt, like, the bloody shirt that the controller... Yeah. ...that they had just talked to had yeah, on. And he, like...
0: He's being, Tobias like, this grumpy like, bird sitting on a
1: perch. Him. He, like... Oh, yeah. Sorry. We didn't mention Tobias is super cool and, like, dive bomb people in. in this book.
0: Seared in. Sear! Yeah. Um, and he, um, um, like... So he's totally dragging around this, like, bloody rag. And I actually, like, I do have a problem because this is... Tobias does like two times. He promises Ax something, and then he wiggles his way out of it for the good of like for oh. the good of everyone. But like I'm just right, like Tobias but it is still
1: like y'all are the closest friends. Like you, yeah, you should said know you would do that. Better. Yeah.
0: Um. But yeah, so he's sort of like he doesn't say why he's holding this bloody rag, but, but it's um, enough to get the they animals out to something. like. Yeah. <laughs> so, um. And so Ax, he still doesn't want to tell them anything, and he he thinks he, he there's a part where he's talking about how humans treat other animals on the planet and he, he this is where he says he doesn't understand cuteness which is oh not relevant to, to this um confrontation but this thought was like <laughs> oh no axe I can't even understand cuteness um <laughs> um but yeah so they're and he, and he's morphed into a human at this point because I think they're they're having the meeting at the barn I think and he wants to not get caught so he's a human so he's they're confronting yeah. him and he's and he says like being in the human morph makes him more emotional than like, he would be otherwise yeah so
1: he's choking up again he's
0: struggling with trying yeah. not to cry um and he and like I, I forget what they're saying but he definitely at the end of the conversation says something like I'm not Elfanger like I can't like I'm not as strong and brave in, as him like I can't do certain mm-hmm. things like i can't be a hero and and then he cries <laughs> he cries and he gives them this awful tragic farewell yeah like he he's gonna go off and and kill try to kill Visor three um and and die basically <laughs> and never see them mm-hmm. again and yeah it's, and it's like he doesn't tell tobias what he's doing the next like like later on when he's preparing um, but he's doing a different ritual than usual, and he like Tobias has seen yeah. him doing his morning ritual, and he does a very different one this day because this is the one you're supposed to be doing. Um, I think when you're when you're, I guess, avenging someone who was killed. Mm-hmm. Um, so Which I'm, glad, Tobias, I'm glad everyone is always able to plan out their
1: vengeance so thoroughly yeah. that they know like <laughs> the morning Woof! They know the morning in advance. Like this is yeah. it. this is gonna be my chance. Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, so he. So Tobias kind of knows that something is going on, because he even says, like, that's a different ritual than you did the other day, and, and, and like, acts is Like, really, you didn't put your explained. hook in the river. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. but- and, and like, Axe, like, is sort of- like, he doesn't say anything, and he goes off, and this is when he's starting to think- like, he says something, like, um, like, he knows that Jake isn't a, a war prince the way that, like, Andalites mean it, but he needs to have- like, he needs to have a prince to tell him what to do, so that's why he was- like, I just, like, they glimpse into, like, Axe knowing, like, he knows why Jake keeps telling him not to call him Prince Jake, which he's been doing throughout this book. Yeah. But he, like, he needs to have that, like, he needs to have the higher-up telling him what to do, especially he since needs he's, that like, a structure. Cadet. Yeah, like, he's, like, yeah. a kid. Like, like mm-hmm. I think as, like, an adult Andalite, he might even have a different perspective of it. Um, and right. so he... But he's, latched, like, this structure is all he's got, and he's yeah, latching onto it so desperately. Mm-hmm. Um... So he goes off by himself, he turns into a rattlesnake, um, and he slithers over to where Visser 3 is, and Visser 3 is there. Apparently he's been there before, because I think there were, like, hoofprints already. Hoofprints, yeah. Um, And he watches Visser 3, like, feed from the river with his little hoof, and um, acts, like, strikes and, like, bites uh, Visser 3's leg and poisons him. Mm -hmm. Um, And then he's, like, he figures, like, Visser 3 probably doesn't know that I'm poisonous, so if I just get away or try to get away. Um, he might just die. Right. Um, and so he or starts to, he, his plan is to get, get out of there, like morph back to Andelite and come back and finish him oh, off. Yeah. Like hopefully the
1: poison will slow him down. Like yeah, I was, maybe. I was impressed he'd thought it through this much yeah. because I, I was assuming like this would never work because this three could just demorph immediately yeah. or like morph immediately and clear yeah, the poison. that's what I thought. Um, Like clear um. that stat. But he was hoping <laughs> that it would make him woozy enough that it would like slow him down.
0: Yeah. Which was like really smart. Um, and, yeah, good work, X. Yeah, and basically the like andalite morph or the Andelite starts to like fall over eventually, mm-hmm. and he's like like Visor Three is still in tra- in control at that point, and he's telling the hork who are around to kill that snake. <laughs> so he thinks it's just a snake <laughs> bit him. <laughs> um, right. Um, but then what happens is that the the Visor Three, the Yurk, um comes out of the ear and like wiggles into the stream, mm-hmm. I guess to try to get away or at least wait out the dying body. Um. Yeah. Which, I don't know. I guess he at this point, because he was poisoned.
1: <laughs> yeah, I assume. Like we've seen, poison mess with Jake as a cockroach. That's true. Like he he was struggling to demorph after that. So I assume it messes him up somehow. Um yeah. But that's a that's some strong rattlesnaking. Uh, but yeah. yeah. And at this point, the rest of the animorph team shows up in a dramatic rescue. Like yeah. Rachel. Rachel Bear tackles a hork bajir right before it's about to like cut Axe's yeah. head off with one of its elbow blades and. Tobias is overhead, like, calling out the plays that they're all using, and it's good. It's, it's great. some good teamwork, <laughs> and they do a good job of showing up, like, in the last desperate moment yeah. of, like, Axe is totally given up. It's just like, okay, I did my best. Like, I'm ready. Um, but they save him.
0: Yeah, and and um so at this point, Visitor 3 is, like, wiggling off into a stream, and the Andalite is still mm-hmm. there, and he's starting to kind of gain consciousness from being controlled. Um, and he and Axe have this gut-wrenching conversation where um, yeah that was hard it was so it was it's it was a lot so the andalite um first asks axe to kill him because he can't take being controlled Mm -hmm. anymore um Mm -hmm. and then he sort of understands why axe won't do this because as as an andalite they're not supposed to kill other andalites um and axe just can't do it um even as like a form of mercy at this point because he's he can't do it um So this Andalite Mm -hmm. tells him his name is Aloran. He tells him he has a family back home, so he asks Axe to at least tell them that he's alive in there. Uh, (laughs) um, I know. He says that the Yerks have infiltrated the homeland, which is terrifying.
1: Um, Yeah. Because we have no context for what that means. Like, that could mean there are other Andalite controllers. That could mean there's, like, a sleeper cell of Yerks out there. Yeah. We have no idea. And that means like the rescue that Axe is hoping for and that all of them are hoping for, like in a few years, it's still a ways yeah. off, like might never happen at all if they're fighting yeah. the Yorks on their home front, too.
0: Yeah, so So, so that he, was hard. That
1: was a hard conversation. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And it's just like like Axe at this point, like he knows that this attempt to kill Visor 3 didn't work, but all his friends came and like didn't hate him right away mm-hmm. at this point. Um, So later on, he has this conversation with them where he's trying to explain how what he did... Like, he's basically saying, like, I know you're going to hate me, but let me tell you all these things I've been hiding from you, and then you can continue to hate me. Yeah. Um, And he explains the rule rule of Zero's kindness to them.
1: So which is... Cassie, I think, figures it out almost as he's telling it to them, too, because she's so... She's been... Like, her emotional intelligence has allowed her to get this glimpse into, like, there's some element of, like, shame and guilt. It's not because they want to keep control of us is yeah. not because they need to maintain, like, their their hierarchical status as, like, the most powerful species. It's because they're ashamed of what they did that they yeah. can't even tell us why Ciro's kindness is such yeah. a big deal.
0: Yeah, because it's like Marco and, and Rachel were, like, ones who were saying, like, yeah, I think it's just the Andalites want to control us. Like, Axe, you're just messing yeah. with us. You want to be in charge. But, yeah, Cassie's definitely right We're with what she's... Like, she's on mm-hmm. the right wavelength.
1: Yeah, so Prince Ciro as, um... President Andalite tells us a little bit earlier, um, or kind of hints at, was the first one to make contact with the Yerks. Um So Ciro's kindness was that he saw, you know, this species of um, the species that he essentially pitied, because we've heard a yeah. little bit about from Jake's Jake's Yerk? Tim Tom Tim Tom Tam Tam Yeah um, Tem that uh <laughs> Tem maybe tem was that they used to have um like the species that they were controlling were like these blind like these these um Blindish, yeah, the like ged. these, these monkeys, like again with, like the monkey with like not a lot of not a lot of vision, not a lot of hearing. Yeah, um, and Ciro felt sorry for them and essentially gave them access to faster than light travel. Yeah,
0: and um, this is also like Ciro was one of the first; he was the first Andalite and like scientist to go to the Yurk home world. And I think yeah. he wasn't even really supposed to be like; I think he was just sort of checking him out, and he was probably mm-hmm. supposed to leave immediately after like seeing what the deal was. But he felt sorry for right. them. And um, he was kind when he shouldn't have been, is I think the way they phrase yeah. it. Because um, oh. he he gives them this this technology and the Yerks just <laughs> go buck wild. Yeah.
1: And <laughs> <'Cause> the <laughs> blink, essentially. They look yeah. away for like a hundred years maybe yeah. and suddenly like, oh, the Yerks have all of the taxons yeah. now and then they have all of the hork and then they have all of another species whose yeah, they name I don't a remember. A lot of other ones. Yeah.
0: It's, it's like, it's, it's really interesting, because I think we sort of got hints of this before, like, when, in earlier books, like, in, in, in the book with Tim, he said, like, <laughs> he's sort of implying to Jake that the Andalites did something terrible to them. Right, right, like, ask your and, friend Axe about why yeah. we hate
1: each other so badly.
0: Yeah, so, like, from the York from the York perspective, it's like, oh, the Andalites did this, like, I guess, nice thing by giving us, like, the technology that we right. deserved. And but now they're trying mad. to kill us all, like, right, Which, where, like, where do they get can, off? Which I can sort of get, like, why are you getting mad at us for using this thing you gave us? Like, Mm -hmm. you pitied us, and you were patronizing us by giving us this thing, so why are you mad that we're using it? They're using it the way
1: you intended, right? Like, what did
0: you expect to come of this? Um, so, so yeah, it's really cool to have this, like, new level of, like, understanding of how the Andalites are after this book. Mm -hmm. Um, Oh, and, oh, this, um, this set me off thinking
1: about, um, well, we talked this whole book about, like, loneliness and isolation and I think it was reading, like, the litany of all the other species that the Yerks took over. Andalites must have been the only species to have faster-than-light travel, right? Because all of these other species only get it after first contact with the Yerks or with the Andalites. So
0: were they the only spacefaring
1: race in the galaxy? How lonely is that
0: to send message
1: after message and never get anything back? Like, to be the only um... ones who can travel between worlds.
0: I think because I think they say that Prince Zero when he met the Yurks he was so i guess excited to see another sentient race even if right. they're like parasites like he he was like oh no they they should be they should be with us we should right. go to this technology like we should to make them up with friends. us yeah um, oh my god they just needed friends which is really the Andalites just needed friends yeah i think this is definitely something that I've liked about, like, like I like this idea of, like, trying to, like, find, like, yeah. in, like, Star Trek or whatever. Like, I like the idea of, like, trying to find more, more things to be friends with. Yeah. I think this is, like, part of what, like, this is a really good, like, little baby version of it because, like, Andalites were trying to be good and then they screwed up by what mm-hmm. they thought was doing good and then therefore they shut down and just, like... Never will no, do it again. It's just
1: us. It's just us against the entire Even galaxy. Even if that means
0: other pla- other like whole planets dying off, right. which is like oh. they have this like 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 cultural guilt eating mm-hmm. at them, which is so interesting. Right, it's like the foundation of their entire culture. Yeah. this is why Everything. they're such a
1: warlike people now. Yeah, yeah, this is, is why they're so restrictive. Thing. Also, yeah. like this
0: is why they have all these rules. because like, right. I wonder what the Andelite technology, like Andelite um, culture, was like before, before this. Because. This. It seems like everything now is built around, like, laws and uh, heeding Ciro's kindness above everything else. Cause, yeah, like, like I think, this like, super codified. Yeah. Yeah, because he says, like, even the war princes, like, they have to obey law. They have to law, follow the law, And right. they're like, the top of the thing. So, it like, gets it's, 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 like, I want, like, an Andalite, like, history book. <laughs> Me too. Me too. Um, and so Axe oh. is, like, sure that all the Animorphs are still going to hate him because, like, they're mm-hmm. going to know that he's an Andalite and he bears, like, he's he's part of this. He's also tainted by this guilt. Um, but instead, they're humans. So they're like, hey, like, you told us. <laughs> like, <laughs> now we know and you're on our side. Oh. And, like, they, they're, they they're like, all telling him that they're still his friends. It's, like, yeah. really sweet. And Axe sort of doesn't know what to do about it. But then he kind of, like rolls with it pretty quick and he realizes like oh like I'm part of you guys now too like I'm not just an Andalite um and he this is where he like is still sort of like I'm gonna teach Andalites about humans because humans have a lot of good to like,
1: offer it, yeah yeah
0: it's so sweet um and <laughs> maybe he kills Prince Jake Prince Jake again
1: yeah <laughs> don't um, call me Prince Jake
0: and he calls Tobias to Shorm too yeah he says to he book. casually says yeah. that he and Tobias are Shorm, and they mm-hmm. understand each other, and he says something like, even though like neither of us can smile on the outside, oh. we can both look at each other and understand that the other one is smiling. And mm-hmm. I was like, oh! oh so good. <laughs> That's and like I've, what listen, friendship is! <laughs> yeah, no,
1: and I'm sure Tobias can bird smise also yeah, at this little, point. They've got that bird. going on. A little, little squinch. <laughs> uh, but yeah, no, you're absolutely, that is what friendship is. Like, you reach out to someone and you have a connection.
0: Yeah, and, um, and then I definitely thought this was the end of the book and then realized there's another couple pages about blog where um it's very it's not (laughs) I definitely turned I definitely turned the page and I was like I bet this is the end there's like one more page that you may have missed judging by
1: your facial expression for years at home I in fact did stop reading at that point I did
0: not realize there was an epilogue so take it away I mean don't worry. It's like. Okay, you remember Eslin? Because I forgot about him in all the emotions that happened. Oh, the controller? <laughs> yeah, the controller. Okay. Yeah. He's still around. Oh, man. Um, basically, Axe goes back to the the um, planetarium. He okay. goes oh, to the wait. Telescope. He, he never destroyed the software. Yeah, no. But he makes Eslin do it because I guess Eslin knows. I, I, I was really unclear as to what okay. Eslin had to do with destroying okay. it. Um, but basically he's making Eslin destroy it because otherwise he's going to say that Eslin did it or like it was very unclear to me because I think mm-hmm. they didn't want to have him kill Eslin, but um Now that they now Eslind's that they've named
1: alive. him, it's a little more difficult, right.
0: Yeah. Um but we he he uses the technology one more time before he destroys it to call back to the Andalite homeworld and he tells oh. um the Andelite, like the main Andelite prince he was talking to before, he tells him I think a little bit of what he's doing and he's saying, like we're gonna keep fighting. Um and then oh. but he also basically kind of tells them off a little bit in like a sort of polite and a light way. And then oh, the I'm like so the last proud. bit and then the last bit is the, the war prince who knew Elfanger saying like, You're just like your brother <laughs> and then is like, I am oh. <laughs> and it was so sweet. Oh, I was like my heart <laughs> Oh, I'm gonna go yeah. read that as soon as I get yeah. off this call. That's it's very wonderful. short. But, like I completely forget about the York Controller, who is like the Me Deus too. Ex Machina in this book. Right, um, right. But I love it. I love that Axe went back for oh. that that last word, where he had to just tell them that humans Good. are pretty cool, and I'm going to help them. <laughs> oh. <So.
1: laughs> my friends, my friends, and I will fight back against all of your preconceived His notions shorm. of humanity. His shorm. Oh, <sighs> <sighs> why aren't we called Shorm Club? That would also shorm have been Club. great. Oh,
0: well. A little inaccessible, maybe <laughs> a little inaccessible to casual
1: readers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah. What is this podcast? Shorm Club. <laughs> What's a shorm? Well, in the Andalite world, when, <laughs> when you are very close, when you hold late. your
1: tail blade against someone's neck and know that it's okay. Yes. <laughs>
0: Obviously, that's what a shorm <laughs> totally. is. Right. Uh, oh, this was a good book. This yeah, was a good book, and I'm a very lot proud of, of Axe. Me too. Yeah I'm, yeah. I'm really glad that Axe is like now. He no longer has that barrier between him and everyone
1: yeah, else. Yeah, yeah. Now he, they can actually talk to each other and he can actually get some emotional support when he's struggling through this terrible loneliness. So I think, that, I think that's all I've got for book eight, The Alien. And what's the, what's the tagline for this one? Do we have it? I do not have it. I think, oh, I do I, know. It's He's only human when he wants to be. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, so I, I think the next book is a Cassie book.
1: Yes, it is. It is The Secret.
0: That is definitely not the next book we are. that, it's definitely the book that we will be reading next and not Megamorphs that we got confused and have to go no, back no. and read.
1: No, no. We can just go back and high five our past selves because they did such a good job reading yeah. Megamorphs already. So good job, them.
0: <laughs> um, this episode has gone oh, super long because we had a lot of Antelope feeling. Oh, no. Um... <laughs> <laughs> um so i guess we should wrap it i don't know if we have anything else to go through i think we went through <laughs> no um, um just housekeeping i guess uh you can find us on twitter at morph club uh add us on itunes and if you want to leave us a review that would be great it helps us out um i think we have a facebook group by this point we're recording this yes, in advance. Yes, as long as we're, <laughs> as long as we're making so, demands of our future selves, yes, we definitely yeah. have a
1: Facebook group. If you search for <laughs> Morph Club Cast on Facebook, it's a public yeah, group, you, I think.
0: Yeah, it should be public. If it's not, just request and we're going to add people. We just want to have a place for us to all talk yes. about Animorphs together because um, Twitter yeah. is hard. It's and- Morph Club Clubhouse. <laughs> yeah, Morph Club Clubhouse. <laughs> um, yeah. So this, so this has been episode eight of Morph Club. Thank you for listening. I'm Megan. I'm Carrie. See you next time.
1: Bye.